Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learned a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow, well, the whole crew's all, yoo, induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. And we're live. Let's see. We're live. Hello, bigots and nerds. We've got special episode for you today. I've got my uh, got your boy Jay Dyer, one of I've said many times before, one of the best channels on YouTube, probably the second best channel on YouTube. And then we got the the third best channel on YouTube as well, Veganica. What's going on, Veganica? She coming on? Hello. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's great to have you back. Thank you very much for coming yeah. on. Now this this is a debate that was initiated by by Veganica, who's got a YouTube channel which I will make sure to put in the description of this video as soon as I get a chance to. Uh, Veganica has told Mr. J. Dyer and I that she wishes to debate us about uh, Christianity and veganism. And that's the topic today, right? Yes, because actually too many people associate um, veganism with atheism, which I... I'm trying to fighting with this kind of image and recently I had a, a debate on God existence with a, a vegan atheist. Uh, in fact, I think I won that debate. I don't know whether you checked, um, checked that debate or not, but uh, I am a believer, but Okay, I don't know whether you want to hear my story and my or my current stance, or we can just go directly to our main topic of today. And of course, I wanted to debate you guys on those topics, and I don't think it's going to be we can exhaust this topic within one hour uh, because I heard so many things from you. I recently I checked the especially Jay's channel. So he said many things, especially about veganism. So I think um, I have also to say many things, but I think as for the first time, I see Jay the first time, I'll try to say as little as possible. Um, yes, just uh, let's focus maybe on some, some arguments or some maybe words of Jesus. Let's analyze them together. And I don't know whether you want to follow my... Um, my path and uh, you want me to dominate a little bit and like uh, give well, you since it's, since it's, maybe the opposite maybe you will since it's a uh, so-called debate uh why don't you go ahead and and you give your opening uh, statement and what what you think is yeah. uh, your ex explanation and argument for your position so you and, can and if you would like if you'd like you can also preface that with you mentioned you wanted to uh possibly tell us a little bit about yourself if you'd like you can include that and uh yeah we'll just We'll go ahead and give an introduction and, and your arguments, and we'll just sit back and... Uh, and I'm not being rude. I'm going to get coffee. I can hear what you're saying, so you can go ahead. And this is soy milk, so I'm not being rude either. That's, uh, <laughs> I milked the soy this morning. Okay, maybe just uh, one, one claim I need to make in at the beginning, because I already noticed uh, in the chat there is one troll who is... Um, uh, 
always commenting whenever she sees me and she's trying to spread um, misinformation about me. She's trying, she's trying to prove that I'm not true vegan. So I just want to claim I am vegan. And the girl living in Cyprus, which is, I don't know, probably one, more than 1,000 kilometers from me, uh, she claims that she knows better than what I am eating. So I just confirm I'm... Okay, well, don't, let's not worry about who's in the chat because there's going to be loads of people in the chat that we all disagree with. So let's just ignore the chat and we can just talk about okay, okay. our, our conversation here. I'm not going to even... I won't engage with the chat unless there's super chats mm -hmm. that, we, uh, that we'll read. And um, yeah, we'll just... We'll go ahead and listen to your arguments, and I would suggest if the chat distracts you, maybe just you know minimize it. No, 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 I don't watch. I don't watch. I just okay. only saw that she is there, so I know what what are her claims and what what try uh, what she's trying to what kind of information she's trying to spread. So this is this is wrong, okay? Mm. And okay, so first of all, maybe I will have to ask you, Jay, what do you mean by calling veganism is cult? Cult? I think some people even call this religion, but I heard this um, expression cult so many times also from you guys. What does it mean that vegan is cult, veganism is cult? Uh, I know even the expression vegan kill cult from Gallen Farms also. And so what does it mean? This is weird it, to me. I mean, I would think it'd be pretty obvious what it means. It means that it has all the elements of a religious commitment that everything else is interpreted through. So. The products that you buy, the way that you view the world, the obsession as to how you have to champion this and you have to shut down farms. And I mean, it, it operates with all the fervor of a religious movement and cult. And it takes the place of everything else in the sense that you're going to, I'm guessing, I don't know what your view is, but you're going to interpret Christianity through the assumptions of veganism when uh, what I would just ask you is, uh, what do you mean by Christianity? Because we know what Christianity is from the history of the church. And if you're talking about some kind of new Christianity that you're importing into it, then that wouldn't really be Christianity. That would be a, a sect or a cult. And that's why in the history of Christianity, the history of the church, especially in the first few centuries, veganism uh, was condemned because it was always part of uh, religious groups like Brahmanism, Pythagoreanism or the heretical groups like the Incratites, they all adopted vegan arguments because they thought that the God of the Old Testament who allowed the Israelites, Noah and the Israelites to eat animals was the evil God. And that's a heretical Gnostic doctrine. And so the New Testament is very clear that all animals are clean. There are no unclean animals. Paul says you can eat whatever kinds of animals. In fact, he tells the, the, the Colossians that Anyone who comes along and tries to forbid the eating of flesh is a heretic. So it's, there's not a whole lot of debate about this topic from a, a Christian perspective. So my question would just simply be, if it's not a cult, uh, what kind of Christianity are you talking about? No, we are talking about uh, veganism, whether it's cult, because the major feature of any cult is uh, worship. That, so what do we worship? I know. Actually, I am able to answer this question, but are you able to answer this question? In your opinion, what do we worship? Because cult, religion, the main feature, because you... So I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to mean uh, You know. Did you hear anything that I said? Yes, I heard, but you didn't answer what we worship. 
you asked me what a, why is it a cult, and I gave you the reasons why it's a cult. I, mean, I wouldn't mind answering that. Could it, not if, very precise uh, definition. Oh, okay, well, he did give you a very precise definition of a cult. It's the worldview, the lens through which you interpret the reality, right? And that determines how you're going to interpret phenomenon around you, how you're going to interpret uh, things like scripture, right? So veganism being the predominant worldview through which you interpret all of reality would make it a cult. But I would say, if, you, if you're asking me what do vegans worship, I would say there are many different types of veganism. It's not like a monolithic thing. But in general, vegans, vegans worship a false god. Vegans worship, many vegans uh, seem to worship animals. Uh, they worship their own self, their own mind, their own, um, their own subjective opinions on how the world and how creation should be ordered. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not really our argument. I'm just answering your question of what I think vegans worship. I don't know what you personally worship. I'm not sure what your idea of what Christianity is. I'm not sure what your ideas about God really are. But I am sure that veganism as a worldview, veganism as a legalistic framework for behavior, for morality, for interpreting the world, for your political views is completely cult-like and is antithetical to Christianity. And is condemned by the church fathers who assembled the canons, who assembled the uh, the very Bible that you claim to be following, and that that many vegans claim to be uh, uh, quoting and interpreting in order to make their arguments. But that's not my argument. That's my answer mm -hmm. to your question. So I'm trying to figure out yes. what your what your argument is, rather than just the questions. <clears throat> yes, thank you very much. Uh, because um, yeah, worldview is not yet a cult. Yes, uh, we worship. I think. We have just uh, one in common, because you are right that uh, vegans are so much different. They, we have so much different worldviews, but just one thing we have in common. Yes, we all worship justice. Right, justice. social justice. This idea, the secular social idea of social justice. justice. Like ultimate justice. Justice, and who determines, we actually, we, who determines what justice is? Who determines what is right or wrong? Okay, so you think, uh, okay, so what is, in your opinion... Did you hear my question? Did you hear my, uh, did you hear my okay. question? Did you? I can, I can say, okay, let's, let's call it God, okay? No, no, did you... And what we worship, in fact, is God, because we worship justice, we worship mercy, we worship love, compassion, so we worship... All the features I'm of asking knowledge. you what you mean by justice. Really? What yeah, do you... We do worship. Listen, we, you... listen, Veganica, do you hear me? Yeah, I'm asking you what you mean by justice and what you mean by these terms. I mean, these are not defined terms. Who determines what is justice, what is mercy, and where does, where does that concept come from? I'm trying to figure out what you mean by these terms. You know that my animals even understand it perfectly when I see they have so much strong um, sense of fairness and justice. I'm watching there and I see this is embedded even in animals. This is just the sense of justice and ethics is embedded in so animals that eat their young. Is that justice? Animals that rape and murder. And murder. And, yeah. I can talk about animals which I am directly observing. And I see. Okay, that yes, I, I mean, we're, this, many is, this is way. This they is are afraid when they need this to survive. Is, but, 
Okay, this is going nowhere. What when you say God, when you say Christianity, how do you know what that is or who that is? Who is that God? What where where do you derive this from? It sounds like it's all just kind of what you think. I think the the less you claim to know about God, the more true person okay. you are. Why do you think that? Where do you get that from? Because we know very, very little. But that's not the case that we know nothing. We know something. We know something. Even in my debate, I really, uh, my previous debate, I really gave very solid arguments why the God does exist, what he really did, and this is what I know. But there are so many things with, with, that we don't know, but people are cheating that they do know. They claim, they make so many claims, fake, false claims about God, which we can so easily disprove. We can so easily prove they are wrong. Wrong. They are so wrong. I would say you say that you believe How do you do this? in the Bible. I mean, you're just talking. You're not. You haven't made any arguments. You're just talking, giving your feelings. I say that the ethics, sense of justice, we have embedded means God embedded His way of thinking, His values. Okay. His values embedded in know, His. How do you know who God is? How do you know who God is? We are discovering this and. Um, this is much more solid source of uh, knowledge that's, about God than That's not than a solid source. That, so what you feel in your inner self can be wrong. You just said that we can all be wrong about God. So what is the public ob objective way that we can appeal to things about God or knowing about God that you would look to? How do you know who God is? Wow, um, we know very, very little the, about God. And do you understand the difference between something objective and subjective appeal? Do you know what that means? Okay, you want to claim that uh, the Do you Bible understand the difference between something objective and a subjective appeal? Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I know what you're saying. Okay, so everything you've said is within the domain of subjective things. Right. What you think about God with it. How do we know what is objectively the case? Where do we go to find out what God teaches? It's so strange that Jesus didn't have such dilemma and he directly talked to people knowing that they do know. What? So Jesus teaches us things from the Bible, right? And through the church. No, very often opposite to Bible and say, No, Jesus never, no, Jesus never teaches anything. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. You don't have Christianity. You have something else that you think is contrary to the Bible. You can't have right now. Right now, I wouldn't call myself Christianity, although I was deeply in Christianity. I was... I was even. Okay, so you were, weren't you just debating? Sorry? Weren't you just debating for God's existence with somebody? I was debating, yes. So who is this God? If it's contrary to the Bible and it's, and it's not the teaching of Jesus, who is this God? Yeah, the uh, Bible is not any serious source, any important source of okay, God. How do you know that? Well, so what is your how argument against that? the Bible? Uh, how do I know that? Okay, let's uh, just try. Try to read Bible, read Genesis, and it's not—it's not about that. 
Childish language. This is not the explanation of the creation to people who have no idea about anything, to primitive people. There are serious mistakes. Like someone who wrote it had no idea about reality, about nature. Oh, so, about so you get to determine. Life. You get to determine what reality is, what so-called nature we, is. This, yeah, is, know, this we, is up to we, you. We know, yes. right. Who's we? We know what is light. For example, we know what light is. Yes? No, we, we know that you cannot. Uh, there are we such things know, which are who's we? Who is we? Uh, we don't know. There are things which are complete nonsense. Uh, because yeah, I agree with that. You are talking complete nonsense. Guy, light from darkness, which is not Wait, you just rejected the Bible, and now you're going to quote the Bible? You just rejected the Bible, and now you're going to use the Bible to justify your claims. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. I'm okay. So the debate. Like, there, there's what? How can we debate if you're going to reject the very source that you're quoting? for your knowledge claims that you're making. You, you categorically reject the source of knowledge that you're quoting from. Because I didn't know the mindset of Jesus when the I Bible have been, had, the I have Bible been contemplating the mindset of Jesus probably much deeper than you, I'm sure. Okay, good for you. I know you you're a person who has mental problems. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but what <laughs> you're saying makes problems. absolutely no sense. You're confused. Because you just said that you don't believe the Bible is full of errors, but you contemplate and know the mind of Jesus. There's no other way to know the mind of Jesus apart from what's revealed in right. Scripture. You, you're imagining sure. an imaginary Jesus. You're imagining an imaginary God. And yeah, you're worshiping your mind. So, if you, so you asked earlier what vegans worship. I can't tell you what vegans worship, but it seems like from what you've told us now, you worship the illusions and the phantasms and the vain imaginations of your mind. That's what it seems like you are worshiping. And that's, mm -hmm. it's really sad that you're going to argue from that position deny that the Bible is legitimate and then quote the Bible to try to legitimize your illegitimate claims. So there's no real reason to debate. You said we need more than an hour. I mean, maybe you believe you have more than an hour that you can babble incoherently through, but you've made zero sense so far. And I feel uh, it's... You think so? I would, I would, uh, I would say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you have an and argument? So how Do you have... that uh, on our last meeting when I told you when I told you about ritual slaughter, um, which comes from the Bible, but you didn't know where it comes from. Fortunately, you didn't know because you automatically, you, yeah, because you have embedded the sense of justice in your nature, in God embedded in, in you. So why you didn't know that this is Bible, you said this is satanic ritual. You called because you, you reacted very correctly you reacted to hear hearing about uh, sadism about horrible things you reacted correctly so how you knew it is satanic how did you know this is demonic because yes how can i um, how can i uh, say the bible is coming from god if for example the book of leviticus is sorry it's demonic it's of demonic origin. Okay, so now okay, so the Bible is the said everything In the first five minutes, when you asked me what a cult is, and I told you that the heretical groups teach that the God of the Old Testament is evil, you just affirmed the very thing that I said, right? I said that Because they it, it is. Unless you ask me. So hold on. I know you think good. that. We know you think that. I want to know on what basis you think that. And that's what you're not doing. You're just saying this stuff. You're just making sentences. You're just saying things. I want to know why and on what basis the God okay. of the Old Testament is evil. 
why I know that sadism, tortures are evil. How I know it? Okay, so basic things. Where ethics come from at the yeah. first place? At Where the first place, Where? if you don't know, if you have no idea... I'm asking you for, uh, for your position. Yeah, where okay. ethics and uh, how we can judge what is good, what is wrong. If you are not sure, if you are not sure if tortures are good, just put yourself in the position. If you want it, if you feel this is what I want, wish for myself, that means this is good. If you that's, say, no, no way, I want it. That's insane. That's madness. So, yeah, so you're saying whatever you want is good. So we want to eat animals. Hey, no, be, hold on, hold on. If, if whatever we want to be good, whatever we desire, if that makes it good, first of all, that's the argument that all the vegan atheists make. So you're making the same vegan atheist, um, moral relativist, a utilitarian claim of me wanting something and desiring it makes it good. Well, if we were to assume that, which is madness, we don't assume that. You just, you know, I can't hear you. You have to listen. You got to stop and listen for a minute. If you're going to assume that and you're going to assume that for us and we were going to make that terrible assumption, then just us wanting to eat animals makes it good. And us wanting to do anything would make it good. This is why Jay said that when you're, the, the worldview that you're espousing right now leads to mental illness and this is why in between this conversation and the last conversation we had, it seems like you've kind of lost the plot even more. And I think that's really unfortunate. And I think that's really sad. As somebody who last time we talked, you claimed to be a Christian. Now you deny God altogether. And you've gone into this mad utilitarian, essentially uh, wild Gnostic worldview. You've become uh, Vagana Abramovich, basically. And, and you believe that you just get to make it all up. And that's really sad. And I don't understand why you think you can even debate coming from that, that position. Like, why do you want to debate? Maybe because uh, God is listening to almost all my prayers. He did so many, um, he gave so many proofs that I am right. He's listening to all my prayers. He gave me so many miracles. Mm. Maybe he hoped you know that you maybe you will be open enough to listen to his word. Maybe God wanted to talk to you via, through me. So, and so we all have public revelation, and that's the point of things like the Bible and the history and teaching of the church, is that in order to avoid everybody being their own little God and thinking that they're a prophet, we have a public thing that we can look to and know, and that's how God is protecting us, for example, from being led into delusion. The idea that whatever I believe is what God is moving me to know and to believe is delusion. You see how that can be dangerous? Uh, you see how it can be dangerous what you are saying? Do you know the history of Orthodox Church and Catholic Church? Do yes, you know how much blood they have on their hands? And do you know that Orthodox Church... Wait a minute, you're just throwing out stuff. What do you mean? Me you're this throwing out stuff. Okay, this is, this is going So on. we know that you're this is wrong, out, what you're saying. Like, Marina. You, you can't just throw out these things like the, the church has blood on their hands. What, what are you even talking yes, about? Yes, so that means that you are wrong. This is not uh, correct. What? How do I have blood on my hands? Prove that we have blood on our hands. Show us... Actually, yes, you have Look, blood. Where? Blood I have blood animals. in my hands, in my body. There is blood, but not on my hands. Look, they're clean. See that? I got milk on my mouth. Yes, so do, I know. Do you understand what? Do you understand? Do you understand that a subjective appeal is a fallacy? It doesn't work as an argument. Do you understand why that is? 
do you know how dangerous no. is what no, you no, say? No, that no. there is a man and you must don't, listen don't to the man. You got to answer the question. Please answer the question. Do you understand why a subjective appeal is a balance? Okay, so you are subjective no. when you think, I believe that uh, it is okay to kill animal because Not a subjective this is subjective. Appeal. Objectively, I'm appealing, I'm appealing to a public believed revelation in history, the church, the Bible. All right, so it's not a subjective. You may think it's wrong. The church who you murdered, wrong, who did so a, many atrocities. Yes, but it's not a subjective appeal, right? So I know you don't believe it, but it's different from saying that, well, if I put myself in the shoes of the animals, it's what I would want, okay? That's a subjective appeal, and that doesn't work as an argument. Do you see the difference between the two? Can we read, maybe, can we so check the, 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 the Jesus? There's no point. Say things, you just move on and don't listen to what's said. That's the thing. I'm not, there's no point in continuing this debate with you if you're not going to answer any of the questions we have, if you're not going to even make an argument. You're going, from, you're going through a list of your own subjective appeals and you're just stating claims without being able to back up any of these claims. And then when we ask you to back up these claims and justify them, you move on to the next ridiculous claim. So... I mean, there's. Why do you think it's objectively right to listen to the guy who who is your teacher? If objectively we know they are wrong, we know how this terrible. Is, you just did what I just. You just did. You haven't done this wrong. You're just saying that. Look, you have a child, You're don't you? You're going to present an argument. Do you have a child? Yeah. You have a child, right? Sorry. You have a child, don't you? Yes. Yeah. You, and and you feed your child a vegan diet? He's vegan. Okay. Okay, but uh, And how lo hold on. Do you have do you have an argument cuz I I I've, I've got about 5 minutes of patience left for this and then we'll we're going to open up the lines and if anyone else wants to call in who actually yes, has an yes, argument, they can call yes, in, but this I, is uh, Can I read uh, Jesus opinion? You can Some of Jesus' opinions. Can I read the Bible a little bit for you? No, because you've already rejected the Bible. Yeah. So why, why are we going to listen to you saying that you, a text that is our text that you don't believe? But I told you that I have been deeply, uh, and I was, um, I was, um, what is the word, anchoress for two years, and I have contemplated um, Jesus' mindset for many years. Okay, this is delusion. I understand, and I. Um, how do you know? How do you know I that you're not delusional? How not do you know? How do you, you know? You have a delusion. Yeah. I'm trying to be mean and being honest. That's literally what I think is the situation here. Um, you will recognize on uh, by fruits and by fruit, yeah. and we know. And that the, the fruits, fruits are delusion. The fruits are consistent with the rest of what's revealed in Scripture. Okay, so you can't say that whatever I feel is the fruit. So how possible that uh, the guys who after all, who established the, the canon of Old Testament were guys who didn't accept Jesus as a savior because those were Jewish guys who rejected him. Uh, they established the, this canon in about uh, 100 years. So how, you're jumping how all over the place. So now you're just rejected Jesus. Got, like, a they, enough, they were enough, uh, you know, inspired by Marina, the God to say. Marina, the Marina, call the, yes. Marina. Look, you're not making any sense and you're not following what's going on in the conversation here. I'm sorry to say this, but you've become much more delusional since the last time we spoke. And this is not being fruitful. You said we should judge this by the fruits. The fruits of this are you're just, you're going in circles. It's fruitless. There's no point in us continuing this. You deny the Bible. 
You deny the Bible, and then you want to quote the Bible to justify your claims about morality. There's no point in continuing this conversation. Because when you see the, that the Bible is promoting atrocity, killing kids, do you know that uh, it's promoting abortion also, the Bible? No. In many doesn't. places, yes. So I cannot, um, <laughs> I cannot anymore. I, I, cannot, I cannot continue conversation anymore, Vigana Abramovich. You are delusional. You are spreading lies. See, you are completely Bible. delusional. You don't know Bible. You do not Please know. Stop. You don't know Bible. Yes, and you do not know and much. And study anything. Orthodox Church history a little bit. You completely incoherent. I speak to you only in your accent for rest of this. You have disrespected us. You have disrespected God. And you are lost and you are in what is called prelest. Vigana Abramovich. Please get help for you and son. This conversation with you may not continue. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree that, I mean, when we don't have, when we have a nutrient deficient diet, we are led into, our, our brains don't work right. And this is, this shows, I mean, if you guys go back, we talked, well, maybe three months ago. Okay, and in between now and three months ago. Channel. Yeah, you can go talk yeah, on your channel. You. That's great. We talked yes. three months ago. Three months ago. And you've become much more delusional since then. Please stop doing this. Please stop putting yourself through this. Don't put your son through this. You're hurting yourself. You need cholesterol. You need animal foods. I have much cholesterol. You have much cholesterol. You need much more. <laughs> but you know that uh, you, cholesterol doesn't uh, cross a uh, brain barrier, brain blood barrier. So you, at least you, I hope you don't cheat people that you need cholesterol to get cholesterol to your brains. I hope at least you don't cheat people in this field. Look, there's no point in continuing this. You're not listening okay. to what we're saying. You're not responsive. It's it's really sad. So thank you for coming on. Okay, thank you. I wish you the best, and I really hope you get help, and I really hope you start eating animals again. And please feed your son some steaks. Please go get a big tub of butter. Give that to your son. Because you're not helping yourself, you're not helping your boy, and you're harming yourself. And I'm so look, I'm sorry for mocking you, but you know what? You need help. And I hope you get the help you need, right? You also need help. Great, I do. And I know who my physician Jesus is. Jesus will tell you, I don't know you. Yeah, okay. This is what you will hear. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye, Boganica Abramovich. Wow. That was, that was, I'm sorry, guys. That was, uh, that was ridiculous. Um, Jay you have a giant. You have a giant head of me in your that's what we're here for, Jay. We're here for a giant head. All right, let me fix this up. Let me fix this. Hey, if anyone wants to call in, there's a link in the description. Yeah, let's put the call in. So I would. So can we? Yeah. Maybe dissect this a little bit. That was Please. a little uh, worse than I expected. I, I mean, I thought maybe we would get into some papers and some facts and some claims and some verses, and and that was just just talking or just it sort was, of uh, verbal diarrhea all over the place, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't really debate in a situation like that where it's, there's not really a an argument clear thing to debate. So I thought maybe she would just lay out her position and kind of you know talk about maybe her subjective experience of uh, why she doesn't like eating meat. She feels bad for animals, and um, it didn't even go that so to that. So you know, 
I think most people think a debate is an argument where you just kind of show up and you just throw things back and forth. But you have to present, you know, arguments. And an argument is bound by rules. As you and I have talked about many times, you know, we've done a lot of streams where we dissected vegan logic, right? Which is illogic, right? Vegan so-called logic. And I think that's what people don't understand is that you have to abide by the rules of debate, the rules of epistemology, uh, fallacies, right? You can't do those things or else there is no such thing as debate, right? If everybody can just come to the debate and present fallacies all day long, then it's not a debate and there's no such thing as logic. There's no such thing as truth. Yeah. So I think that was a great example of, I'm not trying to be mean to her and people say, why are you being mean? I'm not being mean. I, I'm literally saying that in a situation where a person is emphatically insistent upon something that is a cult, literally veganism is a cult. The church, the church fathers consistently link it to cult, sect, heretical activity. Uh, this is what it produces. It produces a delusion of moral superiority. And right, remember most delusion is not just being wrong about something. The, the reason pre-lest is, is delusion is because it produces in the person a feeling of self-righteous importance and that I'm better than you. I have the moral high, high ground because I do, do something that's righteous and you are bad because you eat the animals. Yeah. And this is all just completely nonsense, right? I mean, Paul is clear as day in Colossians, right? He tells Timothy that people that come and will forbid, forbid certain foods, eating of flesh, he says they are deluded. He says that it's a heresy. And they will try to split the church and they will try to draw disciples after themselves. In Colossians, he says, thinking themselves to be superior and spiritual. And what, and what was she doing here? Exactly that, right? While denying the Bible, while denying the God of the Bible, while denying Jesus. Yeah, so I have the mind of Jesus. Jesus speaks to me directly and what's in the Bible is false. Okay. And then she wants to read the Bible. I mean, it's just like, if you can't see that that's, contradiction and delusion then you're trapped in the delusion that's the point here it's really sad it's like i'm i got a little upset there at the end because she doesn't she, she wasn't registering right she can't you had a discussion with her i didn't even i had a long discussion with her and it was a very cordial discussion we had actually a good chat and at that time this was like three months ago i think she claimed to be a, a roman catholic and now in between three months ago and now she's gone in this completely psychobabble gnostic um, witchcraft position of oh, I, I get to just make up the Bible Jesus is my special imaginary friend and the Bible doesn't tell you anything about Jesus I tell you everything about Jesus and you don't know Jesus and you have blood on your hands you know it's just and, and, and oh the church is so bad what church right what and God is so mean therefore God can't exist the God that you believe in well what God do you even believe in woman right and in the very beginning I said you, you know you worship your own vain imaginations and as soon, after I said that, it just started, it, it, it really rang true, right? She, she really showed us that that is exactly what she was worshiping there. Um, yeah, and so I mentioned one of the earliest church fathers after the apostles is St. Hippolytus of Rome, and he wrote uh, a book called The Reputation of All Heresies. It's one of the earliest, uh, what are called heresiologies, which is the list of the weird groups and sects that had split from the church teaching bizarre doctrines. And he wrote... There is also a group of Indians, a sect uh, of those philosophizing amongst the Brahmins. They spend and contend, they spend a contented existence abstaining from living creatures and all cooked meats. They are satisfied with fruits 
and do not gather these from the trees, but carry those that have fallen to the earth. They subsist upon these, drinking the water of the river of Tazabena, but they pass their life naked, affirming that the body has been constituted by, uh, constituted a covering to the soul uh, by the deity. Right? So this is the, one of the earliest statements of the uh, heresies of the Brahmins, right? So we know that this vegan doctrine is a Brahmanic doctrine from, uh, you know, millennia ago, actually. And then uh, John of Damascus and his uh, famous <laughs> against, That's right. uh, his, on heresies, right? He lists at least two or three groups, the Incratites, who were disciples of Marcion. Marcion taught that the God of the Old Testament was the mean evil God, and the God of the New Testament is the love God, right? So this is a Gnostic teaching of dividing up the, the, the quote, different gods of the Old and New Testament. I just covered the book of John. And as you know, from the book of John, here's the irony, just on a side note about Marcionism. The book of John was the only gospel that Marcion included in his, quote, Bible. He made up his own Bible, kind of like you see every sect and heretic group. They create their own Bible, their own canon, their own tradition, their own Jesus. But the irony is that within the first four chapters of the Bible, or excuse me, of the Gospel of John, Jesus numerous times affirms the God of the Old Testament is his father and his God. <laughs> so he tells the Pharisees in John 6 that he was at the burning bush talking to Moses, hmm. right? So Jesus is the God of the Old Testament. He says, uh, it says at the end of John 1 that uh, Nathan, Nathaniel says, come, I will show you the one who Moses and the prophets wrote about talking about Jesus, right? So there's no, this is Marcionite idea that the God of the Old Testament is a mean God because he prescribed things like animal sacrifice and the eating of animals uh, is uh, is obviously stupid, right? And Paul teaches it's, it's Gnostic heresy that it's the same God of the Old Testament, it's the God of the New Testament. Hmm. So there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what the dietary laws are and what their purpose was. Their purpose was a temporary ritual purification period, right, that the Israelites had, because not all the dietary laws go all the way back to Adam and Noah, right? Sure. They're imposed yeah. for a time period as a foresignifier of the, of, the, of the Messiah. So they typify the work that Christ would do. Hmm. So for example, again, Gospel of John, John 3, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says that as the, uh, the, as the, the Paschal lamb, right, was, was sacrificed in Exodus 12, he says, so the Son of Man, right, is the Lamb of God. Or excuse me, John the Baptist. John the Baptist says that to uh, uh, about Jesus being the Lamb of God, the Passover sacrifice. And then in John three, Jesus compares himself to the serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness, right, that healed the Israelites. Again, just pointing out that all these Old Testament types and signs and signifiers were predicting his coming. And so that's what one thing she didn't understand is that oh, the evil God just randomly, you know, made everybody eat. Uh, animals and you know when you sacrifice the bull at the uh, at the temple or the or the uh, you know the the cow you're supposed to eat the pre the, the the meal with the priest in a covenantal meal according to the to Deuteronomy that's not evil it's not torture it's foreshadowing the work that the Messiah would do when he came and that's what Jesus explains throughout the Gospel of John so this is a, a common fundamental misunderstanding that people don't know what typology is they don't know that. There was a, a period in which the the dietary laws existed to promote and to uh, to give this idea of ritual purity that stands for moral purity. So in, in Paul's epistles, he, he explains that unclean animals represented unclean works. So it's a teaching device. It's pedagogical. It's not that animals in themselves are unclean, whether it's shrimp or pigs or whatever. 
It was a, it was a pedagogical ritual device that God used for a time period. And then when the Messiah comes, it's no longer necessary to have that pedagogical teaching device. It can now be opened up, the church opened up to the entire world, to the Gentiles, and they can be received into the church without accepting the mosaic dietary and ceremonial restrictions. And if you guys want to hear a little bit more concerning the Gospel of John, I know, Jay, you did a stream, was like two days ago, one of your best ones you've done yet. Check out Jay's channel. I know most of you probably already subscribed to Jay's channel. If you're not, make sure to subscribe. Uh, he did a great uh, talk on the, the Gospel of John, and I really appreciated that one. I learned a lot from that one as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so uh, another thing that she said, another thing she brought up, and another thing that a lot of vegans bring up, actually, I'm not even sure if she got there yet, but a lot of vegans... A lot of vegans uh, talk about the uh, commandments of God in Genesis. They talk about Genesis and they refer to the pre-fall time, the pre-fall period, and say, well, look, God said, I give you every uh, seed-bearing plant that will be for food. Now, why is this not a good argument? What would be a good response when, the, uh, when vegans bring this up? Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you, that you did bring that up because a lot of people don't know Genesis very well and they, they aren't aware that it's, it wasn't uh, a proper to eat animals at that time period. And even after the fall, it wasn't the norm. It's not until the time of Noah that God has spe uh, specifically gives the right to eat animals. He, he, he says this to Noah as well as giving Noah the right to exact the death penalty. So these two things go together. The, the, the right to make the judgment call about when to kill animals to eat them, and when to exact the death penalty when it's necessary. So that is Genesis 9, right? Um, and, and that's a specific covenant that God makes with Noah. So you can't just say, well, in Genesis, God didn't allow Adam and Eve to eat animals, so therefore it's always wrong. Well, there's a, a what's called a, a, it's a progressive revelation that we have in the Bible, right? So that's why you can't just go to Moses and say, well, Moses says don't eat shrimp, and so it's always wrong to eat shrimp. Yeah. Again, you have to take the context and the time in redemptive history that that's, that that's happening, right? And so when we come up to the New Testament, uh, just, just give me just a little bit of a, a, a time here to make an explanation about yeah. this. When the covenant is opened up to the Gentiles, the first big controversy in the church is over Mosaic law. How are we going to receive Gentiles into the church? Because we know this is predicted everywhere in the major and minor prophets, Isaiah, right? Jeremiah, there's going to be this influx of Gentiles into the church. So the big controversy for the first, say, 15 chapters of the book of Acts is about that. Do, they, do Gentiles who come into the church need to be circumcised and do they need to keep the dietary laws of Moses? And there's a big debate for many, many chapters. And remember, from the time of Pentecost, from Jesus' disciples to the time of Pentecost in Acts 2, most of the church is, is Jewish converts, right? It's high priests, Sadducees, Pharisees, and the common people. Uh, from all of those strata of society, people who converted to Christianity, or what would be Christianity. But the church is primarily still Jewish at this point. Then, however, there's a turning point around the time of Acts 8, 9, and 10, where the, the mission of the church is... is expanded beyond just Gentile Jewish converts, right? Because there were Jew, there were Gentiles who worshiped the God of, of Abraham in the in that period, mm -hmm. to now opening the covenant, covenant up to the nations. And Paul is chosen as the, the mouthpiece to the Gentiles, whereas Peter primarily spoke to, to Jews, 
right? And that's not a hard and fast case because sometimes Paul would argue with Jews and sometimes Peter would speak to Gentiles. But typically speaking, Paul says, I'm the, the apostle to the Gentiles. That's the mission that God gave me. And that's why Paul goes on these three missionary journeys throughout the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. So in Acts 15, there's a council that meets. It's the first famous council. And they meet to, to decide this huge controversial issue in the first century. How are we gonna receive Gentiles? And the argument that wins out, that wins the day, is that if God accepts Noah as righteous prior to the giving of circumcision to Abraham and prior to the giving of the Mosaic law to Moses, then it then we can't require anything more of Gentile converts than what God expected of Noah, you see. And that argument is the clincher argument at the book in Acts 15. And the council decides, yes, we, we admit this. Therefore, it is no longer necessary for Gentiles to, uh, to expect to be circumcised or to keep the ceremonial laws now that the Messiah has come. Now, remember, this was argues that when that's removed, we know that the fullness of the New, New Testament has come to be, right? I'm not saying that it's not there at Pentecost. It is. It's there when Jesus came. But there's a, there's a period from the time of the incarnation to the death and resurrection of Christ to the establishment of the church and Pentecost, all the way up until 70 AD. 70 AD is very important in redemptive history as the culmination of that whole Old Testament period. And so that's when no longer is there any necessity to the temple having any power or significance. It has now been transferred totally over to the New Testament church. Because even in the book of Acts, people who believed in Jesus as the Messiah would still go to the synagogues and the temples, the the temple of of Israel, right? Hmm worship and believe in the true God and the worship Christ. But that's all removed in 70 AD. And that's the final kind of lit. That's the last thing to be done in this stage of redemptive history. Mm. Right. Therefore, what you see in Acts 15 about the, the bringing in of the Gentiles and the reference back to Noah, the Noahic covenant means that the new Testament is affirming the Noahic covenant and its validity. And, and that's the covenant that includes both the death penalty and the the eating of animals. And that's why Paul and the church fathers are consistent in saying that, yes, right. Christianity is an af- reaffirmation, not just it's all of all the covenants, but of especially the Noahic covenant for the Gentiles coming in. And that's why there's nothing wrong with eating any animal, shrimp, pig. It doesn't matter. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Paul says this how many times in the new Testament over and over and over. Well, it's interesting. The, uh, the, the vegans actually, they love to cite seventh day Adventist, literature because Seventh-day Adventists are also obsessed with justifying veganism. Uh, now, Seventh-day Adventism it was you know, invented by a, a, a channeler, you know, a, uh, uh, this, this witch named um, Ellen G. White who used to channel entities. And she herself actually used to eat shellfish regularly. Um, but yeah, so they'll, they'll often use Seventh-day Adventism and the Seventh-day Adventist idea of recreating the conditions of the Garden of Eden through earthly and worldly yeah. pursuits of you know dietary law and going back to this you know uh, this Edenic law of what they consider to be uh, the commandment of God to eat nothing but plants and they think this is going to create this utopia and it's it's another one of these uh, heretical movements yeah. that is uh, contrary to what the church fathers who assembled the Bible who assembled the canons uh, actually taught. So, um, do you, how would you, let's see, um, they, they, they often say that, 
well, we need to go back to the uh, to the Garden of Eden diet. We need to go back to this uh, Garden of Eden type situation and rearrange our lives according to G. White and what the Seventh Day Adventist Church says in order to bring in this kind of new millennium of of prosperity. Um, can you go ahead and talk about this? Oh, are we back? We, we cut out for a second. I think we're back. Uh, can you go ahead and uh, talk about what you see as some of the faults in this idea of creating a utopia on earth through recreating eden yeah i heard it okay i think we're almost live let's see it's green all right go ahead so amongst the many um heterodox ideas that these groups have one of them is also obviously they're missing the church right and and in the orthodox conception the new heavens the new earth the new eden is found in the in the already not yet scheme of the church right so the church in this era of the, the church age, after the coming of the Messiah, is the restoration of Eden. It's not the fullness of it because we have, you know, still to wait for the second coming and the resurrection and all that. But um, there is no Eden that's going to be reestablished through dietary laws and this kind of stuff. Now, in the church, there are fasts and this kind of thing, so we're not totally against the uh, pattern of how to, you know, train ourselves in terms of our diet and so forth. But they're totally wrong in, in how they conceive of what the, quote, Eden is or the restoration of Eden. It's not a going back to um, some kind of like corporate funded Cargill thing where Bill Gates and everybody tries to force you to eat plant-based kibble, yeah. right? Which is literally to sterilize you and to make you into a slave. It's the old uh, tactics of Plato, right? Saying that feed feed the slaves grain. Yeah, well, Kellogg's even, uh, cornflakes were invented as such. You know, a lot of people in the, in the nutrition right. space are now realizing this, and they openly created cornflakes in order to reduce men's desire to masturbate, was their claim. It was their public right. claim. So, I mean, that's just silly. I mean, God himself ate fish. Even after the resurrection, to demonstrate to his disciples that Jesus is the same Jesus before and after the resurrection, mm. he sits down and eats fish with them. Well, that's not a vegan diet. Yeah. So Jesus himself refutes all these just idiotic claims. And all it is is delusion, right? It's based on ignorance of the Bible. It's based on um, a, a false moral superiority that's just rooted in pride and a way to try to feel better than other people. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, another, another book that I think, and I'm glad that, uh, I think you actually recommended this to us, uh, St. John of Damascus. Let's see, if we're right here. St. John of Damascus. And I've marked a couple spots in this book. It's uh, on heresies. He mentioned several groups as well that Jay also mentioned. You know, the Pythagoreans. Incretites, yeah. Pythagoreans. And what's the other one? Uh, you got Pythagoreans, the uh, Nazareans. The, Nazareans, yeah. And the Incretites. And there's, well, there's a couple more too. The Ebionites. Um, they say the Ebionites, they bathe in water constantly, both summer and winter, repeatedly for the sake of purification. Uh, the eating of meat they hold in abomination. Uh, there's also this other group, which is mentioned as a, a heretical group, the Ancretites, as you mentioned, they declare to be of Satan. They forbid all eating of animal food. Um, and then the, the Pythagoreans, I think it's really interesting, you know, the, the Freemasonry very influenced. Pythagoras is kind of like a, one of the saints of Freemasonry. And Pythagoras also, he was kind of a, a monist. He believed in the transmigration of souls from body to body. And you know, even with animals and reptiles, a lot of vegans actually hold to many of the principles of the Pythagorean cult, which has been around for a few thousand years. Um, and they forbade, Pythagoras forbade the eating of animals and enjoined abstinence from wine as well. So 
Um, just another source from the church fathers concerning the uh, a lot of these heretical cults that would hold that veganism and the abstinence from animal food is some holy endeavor when this is not actually a Christian idea or an ideal um, at all. Yeah, I mean, um, Paul even says, right, that uh, when you try to use diet and food as a way to feel that you're superior to others, he says that you're sinning, right? You're, because it's, mm. am I going to sacrifice my brother in Christ for food and drink, right? Mm. No. And so, I mean, he says that to the Corinthians. I mean, you know, it's just sad that people want to be silly like this, but it reminds me of the way like Baptists or teetotalers treat alcohol, right? Like, oh, I, I don't drink alcohol, so that makes me morally superior to you. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, like a holy roller. It's just childish, really. I mean, all this yeah. stuff is childish. Yeah, whereas, I mean, you know, Christ also transformed water to wine, so it doesn't seem like... Oh, but it's uh, grape juice, right? They'll say, no, it was Welch's grape juice. The that legitimate. I had, I legitimately had protestant neighbors that tried to tell me that when i was a little kid so i was i was raised by atheists and my you know my parents parents were atheists as well but i had neighbors and they're really cool people and they understood a lot of actually looking back they didn't let their kids watch all this disney propaganda movies when they were a kid i thought their kids were missing out like oh man you don't get to watch like aladdin shit and uh they, they didn't they're pretty cool in some ways and they understood what was going on in the world in a lot of ways but i remember asking them they had a little bible study every week and i would go to play with my friends and uh, my parents drank wine, but none of these people drank ever at all. And they kind of saw it as this, you know, pious ideal. And uh, I asked them, well, what? Jesus turned water into wine. And they said, no, that wasn't the same back then. Wine didn't have alcohol. It was basically grape juice. That was their answer. Yeah, it's just idiotic. I mean, it's... It pushed I mean, me God's, away from the idea. In Deuteronomy, he even tells the Israelites that mm. on feast days, they can drink strong drink, which is, you know, mm. uh, that's even... More yeah. alcohol content than, yeah. uh, than wine. Yeah. I mean, God gave wine, it says in the Psalms. I mean, David became merry with wine. I mean, I don't know how you get merry with, with grape juice unless it's the sugar, right? But I mean, <laughs> yeah. first, that's just, it's just stupid, really. We have to deal with all this just childish, stupid stuff. I mean, First Timothy 4, uh, Paul says that there will be demonic doctrines. So he actually calls veganism a doctrine of demons. And he says that no. they will speak lies and hypocrisy. He says they will try to forbid people to get married. They will command you to abstain from me, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those which believe and know the truth. Every creature of God is good, and nothing should be refused if it is received by thanksgiving, mm -hmm. for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Right? This is why we pray before meals. So there's no food that is inherently unclean. Now, uh, I don't think it's wise to eat everything, right? I mean, I wouldn't eat dog meat and that kind of cat meat and stuff like that. It doesn't mean it's wise to eat anything. But Paul's point is that there's nothing inherently evil when it comes to eating uh, animal foods. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We just got a super chat talking about Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. And... Um, yeah, that's what I read. Exactly. So then, thank you, The Art of Truth and Love. Let me go through some Super Chats and remind you guys, if anybody does want to call in, I know there were some people in the chat. There's a guy talking smack in the chat, Christian he, LaCroix. But why doesn't he call? He refuses to he, call in. What's up with that? He claims he's a plant-based uh, person who knows what knows what's up, but he won't come debate. This is what I'm wondering. Like, There's a lot of these plant-based people. You Come on, you guys. We're doing open debate right now. We've got... The uh, we've got the lines open, exposing powerful lies in there. But dude, we're looking for people to call in and debate, man. We uh, I'm not trying to be rude to you. Well, we could pull you in. You could say what's up. But we're we're trying to have some of these uh, vegan, these plant based dieters 
call in for a debate. So uh, we're not really looking for friendly, <laughs> for the friendlies. Uh, we know uh, we know there are some people in the chat that have contentions that disagree. Um, but yeah, let me let me read some of these super chats, and then Jerry can say what's up. And then uh, if he's got any questions, we can uh, see if uh, perhaps he's got some questions for Jay that Jay might answer. But um, I want to thank everybody, uh, Tommy Kelly especially, my buddy Tommy Kelly. I know he's been inquiring in orthodoxy. And um, and I've definitely been encouraging him to uh, to look more into it, and I'm glad to see that Tommy is getting he's getting orthopilled from many different directions now. So Tommy Kelly donated five bucks. His question for Jay: Where's the best place to start on orthodoxy? I'm a lifelong Protestant, was attending Orthodox Church in Glasgow until lockdown, and sort of lost on everything. Um, any advice would be appreciated. I mean, if you're brand new to the topic, I would read uh, you know something like. Or I would watch the Icon documentary, the three-hour Icon documentary, which will give you an introduction to the history of the church and why we do what we do with icons. And uh, I would, uh, I do have a three-hour talk where I critique Protestantism and evangelicalism. That's that's been pretty popular, so you could listen to that. Um, there's a book by a guy who was a former Protestant who became Orthodox, uh, named Dr. Clark Carlton. And he wrote a series of books, one against Protestantism, one against Roman, no, the truth. One of them is about, no, the way is about uh, Protestants, I think. So okay, cool. So the book, the book is called The Way, The Truth, and The Life. And what was the uh, author again? One there's three, three books. Okay. The Way, The Truth, The Life. <laughs> yeah. And I forget off the top of my head which one is about Protestantism. I think it's The Way. Okay. And that's a good place to start. Sorry, guys, for the uh, the disruptions. Usually, you know, the last couple streams I had zero interruptions, but I've had about five or six this time. Uh, bear with me here. Maybe it'll get better. But um, yeah, my uh, the, the hamster wheel, as Jay has uh, <laughs> many times pointed out, I got I got literally. I'm going to put the, the icon documentary in the chat. That's Please really do. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Jay. And this is, I mean, this stream, regardless of the uh, the train wreck that was the first hour. Um, uh, this has actually been a, a wealth of knowledge. And for those of you who are, who are bitching and crying at me, uh, uh, mocking our guests there, yeah, you know what? Uh, I understand. I, sh I maybe should have been a little bit more patient there. And uh, I'm not perfect. I don't claim to be perfect. So, uh, yeah, you, you guys are clearly better than me as well. So, um, yeah, th thank you for pointing out my imperfections. I'm well aware of, uh, of all of those. But, uh, yeah, you guys... Uh, look, look at the fruit of, of this um, conversation rather than just my... Look at uh, the fruitarian. The fruitarian. The fruitarian fruit of this. You will know them by their fruitarian. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know, sometimes my fruit might be rotten, so don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because I'm a, uh, sometimes a miserable fart. Uh, doesn't mean that I can't make some decent points every once in a while. At least you can listen to Jay. Um, so we got some more super chats here. I want to thank you all you guys who are supporting, who do support the streams here. Uh, we got good viewership here. When Jay, you know, when Jay comes on the stream, with Jay and Tristan combo, people are always hyped, and uh, I appreciate Jay taking his time. I, I pay Jay. I got to pay him one Bitcoin per minute of screen time here. Yeah. Uh, and he's also he told me earlier this isn't even his house. He's in his. This is his trailer outside. Like this is. Um, his production trailer. So it's the production trailer on set, and uh, yeah, I actually charge also charge usury slash interest uh, on the bitcoins as they're in transit. So every minute <laughs> they point show up in the wallet, it's actually a, a pretty significant twenty thirty percent rate of interest on the bitcoins that are coming in. So okay, yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of that. I'm making sure we're we're counting, and uh, the, the BTC will be transferred. Okay. In full, and we appreciate you coming on, taking time out of the uh, you know 
out of uh, walking the boomers and uh, yelling at your people, as you call them. Um, and I'm glad that my that I was able to contact your people and get you to come on. So, uh, and uh, Tommy Kelly, thank you so much for the donation. The Art of Truth and Love, thank you very much for the donation. Big, fat, generous donation of 50 bucks about Timothy 4, 1 through 4. And it's crazy, as you sent that, Jay was reading Timothy 4. And uh, exposing... Mom, thank bro. He's got it. It's that neuro link, dog. Got that neuro link. We'll pull you in a second. You say what's up. What's that Christian LaCrux La boy to come in? Because exactly. he keeps talking smack. We're trying to get... Says, then he says, this is what they all, this is the new excuse. Used to be people would, would say, oh, my mic doesn't work. I can't debate. My mic doesn't work. Now the new excuse is, oh, I'm in a foreign country and English isn't my first language, so I won't want to debate. Well, then why are you talking smack, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these people will talk smack, but then they won't come on and debate. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. And they okay, want to, they want to. He'll debate uh, KL mm. or no, Canel, KL. Tell KL to come on. They like to debate imaginary straw men. And I learned this from that last, that vegan that came on and completely poo-pooed on the whole stream when he tried to bring uh, Coomersburg Ask Yourself in. After that, he kept making videos. He even made a video where he had somebody acting like me. And he tried to dress like me as well. He like bought a flannel that looks like this flannel. That guy's a weirdo. Dude, man. that was the weirdest video anybody has made. That was uh, our buddy Lifting Vegan Logic. If you guys want some like max vegan cringe, that channel is a gold mine. We're gonna have to revisit our homie Lifting Vegan Logic. So he, hey, I like he, how he like when when he when we started talking to him, he just like ignored us and started scrolling on his phone like. Yeah, man, whatever. Just try to look pretty. He's like making faces. Yeah. Like, are you guys talking or like, are you done? Or did you say something? Or like, yeah. I was getting texts from like a lot of really famous people. So like, I didn't have time yeah. to like acknowledge your existence or whatever. <laughs> uh, are you done now, by the way? Oh, I'm still scrolling. That's, I was like, dude, really? <laughs> he, was, he was much more interested in, uh, in appearing cute and looking like a pretty boy uh, than he was in actually. He didn't even, he didn't even bring a single argument. But then after that, the dude he made like to, 10 videos he about wanted, me. Uh, uh, What's-his-face to debate for him. He, these, some of these people actually believe that uh, What's-his-face, uh, Coomersburg, is a legitimate debater, a legitimate person. I, I'm convinced that he's an actual, this is like one of these Bill Gates, Microsoft bots. You know, they, they took an amalgamation of a bunch of autistic, uh, broken gamer, Coomers, porn-addicted Coomer atheists, and they created this amalgamation false personality and they use, I think it's like a 3D generated, uh, you can see glitches every once in a while on his face when it twitches. I actually think that we're, we're dealing with high level um, replicant bot there. But uh, I mean, that whole crowd says, and I, I remember when I asked that, that guy, I was like, do you think that you can use fallacies in a debate as a valid way to argue? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that whole crowd's, I mean, that, like, there's no point in even talking to those people. And once you say that, it's, it's over, dude. We're done. Well, it's like the, with Marina earlier. She says, the Bible isn't true. The Bible isn't real. But let me quote you from the Bible to tell you about why you should be vegan. I have Jesus consciousness. Right? As if you have access to Jesus apart from what Jesus has already said. In Madness. Madness. So, Andrew Scarborough. Another Hey, one of my favorite, one of my favorite bigots. Andrew Scarborough, who... Has been doing a carnivorous diet as an adjunct therapy for... Who is Kale, by the way? He says he wants to debate. Kale, jump in. Kale, there's a link in the description. Please jump in immediately. Any of you can jump in. Uh, Andrew Scarborough donates five pounds through Super Chat. Uh, and Andrew's history, Andrew had a uh, brain tumor. And he's been using a carnivorous diet 
a ketogenic carnivorous diet as an adjunct therapy for this brain tumor for years now. And he was one of the first people I ever talked to that did like a fully, a hey, fully carnivore uh, diet. I'm going to uh, grab a glass of water and, and yeah. uh, use the little uh, girl's room really quick. I'll be right back. You know, okay. you just have your people. Okay, that's fine. Your people could probably They're do that. Actually, they have a, they wheel the porta potty in here for me. Yeah. My people, so they, they I'll use, be right back. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew says dietary cholesterol promotes repair of demyelinated lesions in the adult brain. Send her this study from nature. This is the thing. Cholesterol is absolutely crucial for the function of the central nervous system. Cholesterol is crucial for the function of your immune system. Cholesterol is required for the creation of vitamin D, for the creation of sex hormones. We need cholesterol. All right, so dot H. What's up, dot H? Thank you very much. Doff dot H donated 15 bucks. Just says, thanks, Tristan. Thank you very much. Ray the Musician, what's up? Donated five bucks through Super Chat. Says, don't apologize for this debate. This was awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm sorry for the audience, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm partially sorry to uh, Veganica, Vagana Abramovich to see her deteriorating so much. And I'm not just trying to be cruel or mean. Like, we legitimately hope that you get right. We legitimately hope and pray that you don't continue down that path and continue destroying yourself and destroying your family. Because there's a lot more at stake here than just like a little, you know, a little bit of uh, nagging health issues here and there. There's clearly deterioration that happens when we are chronically depleted of nutrients that we need. And if you do that to a child from a young age, that child is being put in a situation where he or she is very likely to experience poor growth, insufficient nutrients in order to form the central nervous system, and they're not getting a good foundation to build their future on both mentally and physically, but also spiritually with all this crazy, you know, Gnostic, I'm channeling Jesus and everybody else doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm the only one who understands the true doctrines of God. That's delusion. That's deep, deep spiritual pre delusion. And I hope she gets better. And uh, yeah, uh, Veganica, um, I hope you get better. I'm sorry to cut the conversation short, but uh, I felt incredibly disrespected by you and I did reciprocate some of that disrespect. And I apologize for disrespecting you. I'm sorry, Marina. Or, uh, Veganica. Um, the Art of Truth and Love. The Art of Truth and Love. One of, my, one of my favorite comments is because The Art of Truth and Love is winning the Super Chat competition so far. Another big old fat 50 buck donation there via Streamlabs. There's a link for the Streamlabs in the description. Um, I'll turn the alerts on again. Sometimes the alerts get... Sometimes the alerts are too much. Uh, the Art of Truth and Love says, LOL, she was delusional. That's sad. It's sad. And Art of Truth and Love donated again. Again, completely destroying all of the other donations and winning first place in the Super Chat competition. Sent a hundred big ones. hundred big ones. Art of Truth and Love sending those, sending those big ones, those, those little BTC fragments over here to this, to this non-essential. Um, and I appreciate that. Really appreciate the support, man. Like you kind of floated this stream. Got a few other donations from other folks, but you, you're making these streams... Uh, you're really making these streams worth doing, and you're showing the appreciation. We appreciate that. So the Art of Truth and Love says keep stomping these delusional idiots. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, come over here to the chat. Phoenix compilations right there. Kale, Kale, you want to come on? There's a link in the description. And I'm going to put another link for the Join the Zoom meeting. If anybody wants to come on and debate, I know there's some people in the chat who are saying we were wrong. Some people who think that, uh, that we had some, some bad arguments. If you think our arguments are bad, if you would like to come on, then uh, jump in. 
jump in. Say what's up. Tell us why we're wrong. And you can uh, <coughs> you can get in on this. So let me come over here to participants. Let's see. Jerry wants to come in. Here, I'll do this one. What's up, man? Jerry, what's up, dude? Dude, that was a guy that's coming from Sideways World. His whole universe. Oh, do I need to hear this? There Let's go. see. How about that? Is that better? What's up, Jerry? You're looking like a... You're wearing that Wook hat today. You got your Wook costume right. on. You look like you're about to try to that's sell... Right. You look like you're about to try to sell my little brother some weed in that outfit, man. <laughs> I'm here to explain why Seventh-day Adventist is the one true faith. Why <laughs> veganism should be mandatory. Uh, Bill Gates should be king of the world. Primal Edge Health should be banned. All copies of Esoteric Hollywood should be burned by the state. <laughs> wow. And... Uh, so you want to debate, man? You're poking the uh, the bear. Oh, I, I like what I'm hearing. I like. All right, this. all right. What, what's up, man? What's up? You, you're uh, you clearly got some good arguments here so far, and uh, yeah, I'm down for the burning of Jay's books. That sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a public, it's public health, you know, public safety, that kind of thing. Okay. No, I just want. Hi. Didn't mean to derail you guys' uh, theological discussion, but just wanted to say hey, and uh, that's pretty much it, man. Appreciate your guys' work. I'm going to my first liturgy tomorrow, thanks to both y'all's work. So yeah, that's bud, awesome. That's good to hear, yeah. man. Yeah, I remember you told me uh, like a couple months ago. You're like, yeah, I just moved to the spot, and there's an Orthodox church right up the street, and yeah. um, I'm excited for you, man. You're finally uh, finally taking the steps, and you've been you've been convinced, it seems, by uh, some of uh, some of Mr. Dyer's arguments here. Absolutely, man. The debates the debates are very effective. You know, I appreciate your guys' message, and uh, I definitely think uh, Jay, you're very effective at delivering that message. So that's why I support the work. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, you have you? I want to go ahead and point out that Jay's been running a Discord. It used to be called the Jay Dyer Discord, but it's turned into something. It's hard to believe, but even bigger than Jay Dyer, uh, it's yeah. become it's become even bigger than that. And um, how many members are on that that Orthodox Discord right now, Jay? Uh, we're almost at five thousand, so it's pretty epic, man. It's and uh, that that Discord is immensely helpful if people have theological uh, questions. It's uh, yep. there. There are a lot of people in there who are very helpful, not just Jay. Uh, my little brother is actually a mod in there. He threatens to ban me all the time for no reason. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so shout out to the Orthodox Discord. There's a link. I think it's the. We have a strict rule against bigotry, so that's probably why you're always on the edge of being banned. Okay, yeah. So basically, all my audience, because we call them the bigots, so they're all they're all on the on the chopping block there. But again, another reminder, you guys, if you're in the chat, Kale, you keep asking Kale, "Where's the link?" And we keep putting the link in the chat. And Kale is not jumping in. So where's the people who want to debate? Yeah, he wants to talk smack, but oh, I can't. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. My mic doesn't work. Internet doesn't work. Jerry was able to jump in. Jerry. Yeah, we haven't seen a, a good debate between uh, y'all and some vegans in quite a while. I actually missed the Veganica debate. I came in like 20 quite minutes Quite a while. Left. I've never seen one. <laughs> We've yeah, never had a single legitimate debate. It always ends up in just everyone. None of them bring arguments. It's a train wreck. It's always just idiocy. Yeah, we almost had one. I mean, I had a good chat with Veganica before, to be like to be honest, and that's why I was upset with her because she's deteriorated since then. And I told her exactly what was going to happen, and it happened. It sucks. So Veganica, again, I'm sorry for insulting you, making fun of your accent. You can make fun of my retarded California accent all day long, but we really do care about you and your son, and we hope you get better, and we don't want you to be lost in this delusion. Um, and we I was calling little Abe's. That's just. 
That's his soft point. That's my that's my rap name, dog. Just you guys are expecting good arguments from the vegan, you know, side. I mean, I guess that's kind of uh, a little too much to expect, honestly. You know, I mean, you're gonna find somebody that's really good at debating if they if they were really well thought out, they probably wouldn't be vegan in the first place. You know. Nice. Hunter in the chat says, Jay took me away from the alt-right nonsense and brought me to Christ in 2016. So we got like a former neo-pagan right there brought out by, by Jay's arguments. It's crazy. It's like there are people here who'd influenced by you, Jay, and you maybe never even talk to these people. No. Hey, we got a Ray the Musician sends a, that's a, such a beautiful face. That's why Jay's famous right there. That, that's so I have a, This is an honor of all the vegans here today. <laughs> Ray the musician sent five bucks says man I'm so late primal edge health when did you become orthodox I haven't kept up with the vegan and carnivore community in so long yeah we, we started getting interested in orthodoxy about three years ago and uh, I was basically convinced about two years ago but it took about two years to, for me to and the whole family to finally become accepted into the orthodox church and we were actually baptized on Christmas old calendar Christmas this year we're finally accepted in and um, and feel incredibly blessed and got to thank all the ortho bros out there on the internet because, you know, I mean, there, hey, there's a lot of crappy fruit from the internet, but uh, all you ortho bros, you guys are pretty cool little fruits and you guys have, uh, all you ortho bros are some of my favorite fruits on the internet have kind of um, brought me to uh, into this. So I got to thank Father Deacon Ananias as well, Father Deacon Dr. Ananias, because he actually helped us to meet our spiritual father uh, and... Yeah, it's it's been a journey. It's been difficult at times, but it's it's all it's been amazing and worth it. So, and Ray the musician yep. was also baptized on January eighth, so the day after us. That's amazing, man! Congratulations, many years. You got yeah. Answer. You make me feel pretty lucky uh, with you being sixteen hours away from your near church, man. I got one like two blocks away. Hey, you no, know? to be fair, it's about nine hours. It took us nine oh, hours okay. to get there, and. We had to drive, through, like we almost died on the way back because the fog is so thick when you're coming through some of these mountains, but it's well worth it. You know, I'll do that journey anytime when I got the energy yeah. and <laughs> if someone could watch my animals and take care of what we got going here. So, um, where, hey, where's all the debaters? Where's all the master debaters out there? We got, we've been challenged. Two, two people talking smack and they won't come in. Come on, guys. So Cal, Cal still hasn't even called in? You guys given him, her the, the link like five times, and he's talking in the chat, so. Come on, guys. All right, if you guys got any questions and you don't want to call in, feel free to send a, uh, feel free to send a super chat. All those super chats are going to be split 99-1 with me and Jay Dyer. I get 99%, and he gets 1% um, of, the, of the super chats. And uh, that's because I demand a soul, a, a pound of Tristan's flesh and usury on the basis of so <laughs> he's shaving bitcoins. Yeah, he had like I had to shave it off in like small increments and weigh it out. But the, by the time it gets him, it's usually dried out or he claims it's dried out. So then I have to cut more off. My, my thighs are suffering. Um, call me the merchant of Venice, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I mean, if we're not, if no one's going to call in to debate, maybe we should wrap it up. We might just wrap it up. I, uh, oh, there's got to be somebody. Why would these be? This is so stupid. Can I, I do have some questions. Maybe, maybe I could, uh, if you guys have questions for Jay, myself, or for, uh, for Jerry, or if you just want to ask Jerry where you can, uh, 
uh, buy some weed. Uh, you can... I got you. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's not a pot dealer. He That's just, right. He's not a pot he dealer. Sweater, he just dresses like the guy at the festival that actually that says doses, doses. Um. <laughs> Dude, I uh, I get even Amish looking. Or they say I look like a terrorist because of my beard. I got Tuscarora. I'm like, Amish drug dealer, dealer, dude. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Amish got the best weed. Everybody knows that. The Amish drug I got Amish hookups. Amish drug is sugar, dude. You notice, yeah. do you see the Amish women? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, probably the sugar shack, the uh, maple syrup is probably their only vice, so. Amish dudes are like over there snorting maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry yeah. looks like a rebellious, uh, a rebellious Amish kid. Who's been That's estranged right. from his family for like six months, and they're really worried he's about his, his uh, Ali uh, journey to decide if he wants to remain Amish or go into the world of simple. <laughs> exactly. I'm hiding bathroom stall using a cell phone or something. He's on the fence whether he wants to go back to the Amish world or not. He's trying yeah. to he's trying to figure out whether he likes acid or Amishness better. Right. <laughs> we got some super you chats. Do Amish here. acid, you just see like cows and shit everywhere. <laughs> Uh, Luthien the Mortal donated five bucks. Thanks, Luthien. It says, this is what happens when Babushka is allowed to watch Netflix. Dr. G's Treadmill Technician. There we go. $12.08. I don't know. Is that like some esoteric number? Or was that uh, like uh, euros or something that got that got converted? It says, thank you for all the input. Jay is never live when I'm online awake. So I want to thank him too. Love his stuff. His video about vegan ethics is really helpful. Right on, right on. So make sure to subscribe to Jay's and catch him live. Catch him outside. Catch him live when you can. And shoot Jay those bitcoins and super chats and uh, send him ten or twenty bitcoins right now in appreciation if you want. Um, catch humor says five for five bucks. What kind of coffee do y'all drink? Have you heard about Bill Gates buying up all that farmland? Jay, yeah. What kind of coffee you drink, Jay? Uh, just. Whatever the local Kroger has, organic coffee, it's about the only option we have here. Whole bean, right? Whole bean? Well, I grind it because I do espresso. I don't drink coffee yeah. coffee anymore. I like espressos. Yeah. Espressos are nice, man. I love the taste of espresso. I wish yeah. I wish I had people. Like Jay just has his people make his espressos all the time, but I don't, I don't, I don't can't afford such a luxury. I have like, there's a whole team of, uh, there's a separate trailer out back. It's kind of a ratty trailer where the, the help, the boomer help live. There's about 40 of them that live in a trailer next door. 40 help. Wow. That's amazing. There you go. Jerry, well, I mean, you? I got to have them like mow the lawn and, you know, they got to do my hair and my nails, right. uh, all that kind of stuff. I trim the alpacas, the pet alpacas. Jay actually sleeps. His bed is made. It's like, it's like, it's a half meter tall, but it's just pure alpaca. Uh, wool and there's well, no yeah, I modeled it on the princess and the pea story. I, I've always found that to be the myth that jobs with me. So right. <laughs> I wonder if anybody watches these and hears this joke and actually thinks that Jay is like this rich aristocrat. Like this rich well, actually, <laughs> uh, so yesterday I put up a picture of me claiming to be a Japanese child actor, and it had a bunch of like. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and some guy met, literally messaged me and said, hey, uh, I saw that you were a former Japanese child actor. Um, could you translate some Japanese for me? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like uh, yeah, well, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, sometimes people think I'm actually a bigot, and they're right. I am. Um, <laughs> we got Maul donated five. I, I'm back, but it's not streaming yet. So let's, let's let it. Okay, there we go. Uh, did you hear the question about keto carno for Jay? Still doing the keto carno diet? 
Gotta get Tristan's help to start pushing the wheels a little bit faster. Jeez. Tell me when I'm back, guys. Tell me when I come. That Ecuadorian internet going. Yeah. Hey, Tristan, is, instead of hamsters, why don't you hire a local expatriate boomer to run that internet wheel? I don't, I don't have enough weed to pay these expats <laughs> in. All the, all the expats want is weed. That's the only payment they accept. Yeah. Um, so a woofing, woofing <laughs> account. Yeah. Hire one person. Yeah. Uh, but did you hear that question, Jay? Uh, Maul asked if you still do a keto carnivore. Of course. There you go. There you go. Again, uh, I've seen no proof of Jay ever eating a steak. I got to say that. Just to, just to throw that out there. I don't know. I mean. Exposed. A spost. Uh-oh. You guys can hear me? You guys are both frozen for some reason. I can hear you. All right. We got... We got some, we got some homies trying to call in. Let's see if we so can. that guy was gonna debate. He's like, I'm here to debate, and then he just disappears. Well, we got two people in the waiting room. Let's pull them in. We got I hope it's, Robert it's, Sterling is in the waiting room. We'll, we'll Robert vet, Taylor. We'll vet him first. Robert, you're coming in. Robert, what's up? Nope. Senor. We got Jay and Jerry still here, and then we're pulling in Robert. Robert Sterling, what's up, man? Okay. Oh, no. How you doing? Can you hear us? Let I us only know. see the top forehead. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. We, let me fix that. Let me make sure that we can see him perfectly fine. Hey, Robert, we can see you, but we can't hear you yet. Yes, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Uh, I just called in because, I mean, I was I was looking at the earlier uh, part of the stream. I was I was uh, watching you guys talk about uh, discussing or arguing with the girl. Yeah. Or <laughs> debating, I guess that would. I just supposed to be a debate. Dating, yeah. 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 I thought, you know, sure, I do think she's misguided, like you guys think, but in another sense, I thought you guys could have been a little bit more, like, lenient with her. Yeah, but so Tristan's already had this discussion with her? For about, I mean, I, did you see the first discussion? We had, like, an hour-long talk before, <clears throat> beforehand, or I think it was three months ago. Did you see when she came on before? No, I didn't see that. No. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I agree. Hey, look, man, yeah, we, we could have been more lenient and patient, but the conversation, it was going in circles for a period of time. I didn't have any more patience for it. I, you know, maybe in the future I, I'll do better and, and I can satisfy the, most of, more of the audience. I, I think uh, it's a valid critique, I guess, but, you know, it, it didn't go that way, and I, I'm sorry that you didn't. Uh, like I mean, it. I'm not going to apologize for saying that when I, again, I think people think that it's an insult if I'm saying, oh, I think you're mentally ill. I'm literally being serious. I'm not making an insult. I kid you not. I really think that the diet makes people nutrient deficient. They can't reason and think properly. And I was absolutely 100% sincere when I said I think that she's mentally ill. Yeah, and it really is a cult. I mean, it really is. It fits all the uh, the parameters of that. You know, they have their own little dogma that they follow, and it doesn't matter about logic. It doesn't matter. You can prove them wrong, or if they can't defend their position, you know, they cling to it. It's part of their identity, and um, 
it's unhealthy, you know. And when you bring a kid into it, that's a whole other level of messed up. Yeah, these people are propagandists. That's the point here. They're they're not just they're trying to to change the world on on this moral crusade, and it's dangerous. Is the point? Yeah, I mean, I I, I it's I think it's a I appreciate the critique, man. I appreciate. Oh, go ahead. I can't. I don't want to interrupt again. No, I, I agree. It's, it is dangerous. It's a very dangerous, uh, you know, belief that she holds. Um, but I, I must share, I mean, I guess share my own personal experiences that I've been talking to certain people, um, you know, that are possibly like uh, also Christian. And sometimes I feel like I'm more so getting attacked personally. And so when it, that when that happens, it feels like it's the same thing that some people do that are athe- atheists. Right, they attack you on your personal, and not on on what the treatments are or what the debate, the debate is about. Well, when she comes and says you have blood on your hands and you believe in false gods and can't give an argument for why she believes that we believe incorrectly, and then we ask her to justify a claim, and then she goes right on to the next ridiculous claim that also includes insults like your church is responsible for you have blood on your hands because you are a Christian. You know, I, I think... Uh, well, she said Leviticus is satanic. The right. God of the Old Testament is satanic. So. I mean, it's, I, I don't see a reason to continue a conversation when there's no coherent argument. And I understand, yeah, yeah I, I'm, a, I'm a big meanie. I'm a, whatever. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm fucking mean sometimes. And, uh, and sometimes I need to bite my tongue and I don't. And, uh, and I understand that. And I'm not, I know you're not saying that. You're shaking your head. I know you're not saying that. But like, yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes I, uh, I open my mouth when I should shut it. And, uh, but that's, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I, I, I don't regret having these conversations and I don't regret kicking her because it was going nowhere. And, uh, I, I could have kept it going and let her just babble for longer, but it was going nowhere. And I think she needed to hear some of those things and, uh, Hey, you know, maybe I made mistakes, but it is what it is. Like, I'm not well, perfect. By the perfect, way, she perfect. wanted to do this. This was not our idea. She was begging both me and Tristan, please have a debate with me. I want, I want to set you guys straight. And was making yeah. videos about me for the last three months, like really weird videos uh-huh. saying, oh, carnivore cultists don't believe in science and these really yeah. strange well, Tristan, comments. Yeah, you have a coherent debate with somebody, you can at least make it entertaining. And when you do those kinds of things, it does, it does make it for an entertaining thing to watch. Same with the UJ, you know, it, it's always the most fun for me when I'm watching a debate when you realize, like, oh, I'm not going to get a good argument with these people. So then you just start calling them retards. I love that. It's funny. It's hilarious. A lot of us love that. <laughs> well, I didn't, yeah, and I understand that, but I, this wasn't, again, I wasn't, right. I literally believe that she is mental yeah. uh, nutrient deficient. And yeah. this is what happens when you go long-term vegan. You, you get legitimately nuts. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, if someone, if one party, if one party, okay. sorry, it's like, I think it's like for my party, but if one party doesn't take you serious, then it doesn't really make too much sense to, um, take them serious as well, so then you can go and do your trolling or whatever. So I can see that. Um, yeah, it just like, it becomes a shit show. And, and Tristan it, it, made the point of, you know, yeah, yeah. And you also made the point of giving tough love to a person. Sometimes they need to hear harsh words or the harsh things because those are the reality of how things are. So I understand that too. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, and, and but I think the love that needs to always, always stay, right? And if it's not there, then uh, then it's just, it, it people just go to bed feeling how I felt sometimes. I go yeah. to bed, I end up sometimes. 
Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what do you want me to do? You want you want to you mean to like bend? So you want you want me to just do you want me to just bend over and take a lashing and 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 prostrate and then apologize and grovel? It's like, what can I do, man? Shit happens. Shit happens. It happened. I'm not gonna sit. I'm not gonna apologize anymore. I've said my piece, right? And it, it's not coming from a place of no, yes. it's not coming from a place of me wanting anything bad for her. It's coming from a place of genuine concern for her, and I express that to her. And I, you know, maybe maybe I didn't do my absolute best, and, uh, and I can do better in the future. And that's all I can do. I can't, you know, I, I I accept the critique and I appreciate it. I appreciate you calling in, man. Oh shoot, Robert. I, I mean, I, okay. I say like. Uh... Is there anything, are we going to debate about <laughs> Yeah, hey, uh, he's, he keeps breaking up, man. Sorry, sorry about that. Let me, uh, Jerry, I'm going I'm to boot you and, uh, and pull in Ryan. Yeah. Senor. You guys, thank have you a for, good night. Thanks for hanging out. Thank- Ciao, caballero. Peace. Later. Everyone. Oh, vegan? Vegan gains? Hello? I would like to debate. You want to debate? Hello? All right, so... I was listening to the Veganica argument, and she never brought up the dog argument. It's a very popular vegan argument. Um, I know that Tristan has a dog. His name is uh, Ribeye. Um, Tristan, would you make ribeyes out of ribeye? Would I make ribeyes out of ribeye? No, I need need ribeye to protect my animals so that I can make ribeyes out of the animals that he protects. So we keep him here to protect our property from potential intruders and, uh, and also to, uh, to have some fun with because he's real fun to have around. So I won't be making ribeyes out of him, but I'll make ribeyes out of uh, the calves that we have here, out of two of the calves that we got. Tristan, that's not a good enough argument. We have to construct a well argument, Tristan. That's not a good enough argument. We got two more people want to come in. Wait, vegan gains. I love the shirt, by the way. The the Vajulmanati shirt. Here we we got Ryan. Vegan gains. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you, and I appreciate the uh, the uh, the call, man. It looks like maybe maybe Ryan wants to debate. Seems like he's uh, he's getting his headphones on. All right, peace. <laughs> All right. Hey, what's up, man? Is it which audio to use? The one from my computer or the one from the uh... All right, so one you, second. You sound good. All right, yeah. you sound good. Um, Can you hear me? Cool. So I just kind of want to touch on uh, what um, that last guy was saying. He was, you know, kind of, kind of uh, going off the rails with that point of, um, you know, you're, you being a little too harsh on her. Mm. However, um, what I do want to say is that a lot of us are going to probably, you know, bring these kind of discussions into into the world with our you know, our friends and family and whatnot. And I wonder if we're doing a disservice um, by trying to win sometimes instead of uh, instead of uh, coming at it from a place of compassion. Um, and I know we all, we get frustrated. We, we're not robots. We have tempers and stuff, but um, I don't know. I, I just think, I don't think that um, with certain people, there's, there's no hope, you know, in the place they're at, that they're at in their lives. Um, but if we think of like, so I, you know, when I'm reading Saint Basil or Saint Saint Seraphim of Sarov, yeah. um, or uh, John Chrysostom, you know, 
Uh, I'm thinking, like, can we try to emulate how they would appro uh, approach the discussion? Um, okay. You know, we're never going to... Have you read John Chrysostom at length? I, I have not. No, I'm not going to claim that I have. You just, you just mentioned St. John Chrysostom, right? So he was yeah. the most hellfire and brimstone preacher of all the church fathers. Yeah, so that, and that's another point I wanted to bring up because there's this guy I watched. Um, uh, this, uh, there's this uh, Greek Orthodox guy who um, he's he's homeless. He uh, but he has a pretty big cult following online. Um, I'm not I'm not drawing his name right now, but um, he uh, you know he'll vandalize and kick ATMs and stuff, and he'll you know slingshot 5G towers. And um, there seems to be two ways of approaching Orthodoxy, and one is from a place of um, compassion and love and then there's the other um side of it which is you know i'm gonna prove my point i'm gonna you know well, who gets to decide who gets to decide who's coming from a place of compassion and love trying to sound but, like spiritually superior this is the the thing that is the most annoying about people in the orthodox world is that they either don't want to talk about theology or they want to talk about how they're superior to talking about theology. Well, I don't get, and also my question and is again, when I told her, when I told her that I thought she was mentally ill, it was not coming from a place of anger at her. And I, I mean, I meant it literally. And yeah. I mean, yeah, no, um, I, I get that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I could have done any better. Um, that I, I'm just wondering like, uh, uh, how many times do the church fathers talk about heretics and these these groups as dangerous, as foolish? I mean, yeah. do you think that it's ever okay to call out something as foolish? And what what did no. a, a what is a homeless guy claiming to be orthodox? What, I'm I'm lost. What does this have to do with? No, no, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't very clear on my point. I'm not I'm not debating you and saying that you guys were wrong in doing that. I'm saying how do we how do we um, convince somebody? Um, you know, who, who is that far gone? Like, what are there? Oh, like, <clears throat> so this was a debate. Okay. So this is, yeah. this is not a Christmas dinner conversation with your family. This is a person mm -hmm. who reached out to us to do a public debate. This is what she clamored for, for a month now with both me and Tristan. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you ask for that and then people are mad that you get that, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, it's like when I debated Fuentes and everybody said, why are you picking on this person who does not have the years of theology? I didn't set that debate up. Nick wanted to do that debate. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> can I, can I just I ask you, can I say one thing real quick too? And just, and I want to get your sure. perspective on it. You mentioned like, you know, there, there's a way to do things when coming from a place of compassion and coming from a place of, of, uh, you know, love, but you know, I mean, who's to determine how compassion can manifest itself? Because I know when I was a kid and I needed some uh, some correction from like my father, if he didn't like spank my ass or something or really put me in my place, I'm not going to listen. So it's like, and he would correct me from a place of love, right? There's, uh, you know, Saint John Maximovich. He, uh, Saint John Maximovich. Would, uh, I'm reading a, a book about him right now, which is very well done, and uh, there's passages in there from some of the, the people who. Uh, experienced him in their life, experienced some of the miracles that he worked, and he at times would have um, some of the the uh, what, what do you call them the uh, some of the the people that were helping him around the cathedral uh, spank children who were out of line. So it's like I mean, I, and I'm not saying that I'm anything like Saint John Max, Maximovich or anything like any of these people, but um, I don't think that it's up to us to determine 
It's like being, being compassionate doesn't mean I just talk like a pussy all the time. Being compassionate doesn't mean, oh, I always talk in the back of my throat like this and I talk slowly to you like you're, like you're a delicate baby child. It's like that, to me, that's not necessarily compassionate. And there are people who are going to respond better to, uh, to a, a smack in the face than a pat on the back. And we can't try, we can't please everybody. Okay, right. This is the adult world. If you're going to be an adult and be in the public sphere and try to make videos and have a public discourse and debate, you're going to get an adult response. And the, the adult response to somebody acting irrational and insane is to say to them, look, this, this is evidencing the mental illness that veganism promotes. When you don't have the proper nutrients to you know, sustain the body and the brain, the brain literally doesn't think right. Right. Well, and then also, yeah, and then, and then, you know, to, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, at one point I was, uh, I was making some jokes. I was being cheeky. Uh, somebody in the, in the chat said, you don't have to mock her. But again, like to, to tell somebody that they're foolish and to show them the foolishness of their behavior and the foolishness of their ideas, um, sometimes that is effective. So there might be people in the audience who were, who were offended. They think I'm terrible, that they're better. You know, they could have done this so much better. Tristan's big, bad, mean, bigot man. That's fine. There might be other people who said, you know what, that was, uh, that was really effective. And there might be people who were convinced. So it's not up to me. I, d I don't get to decide. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get to judge how Jay interacts with people, how you interact with people. I just get to try to be better myself. And um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I make mistakes and I ain't perfect. And, uh, but I can't, I can't just keep apologizing over and over again. If somebody's, if people want to be offended, they'll be offended. And there might be people who take the other, the other side and are not offended at all. And in fact, some people might be convinced. So that's, that's kind of my position on it, which is the same thing I said to the last guy too. Yeah. Um, no, I completely understand what I, um, I was reading through, um, one of Nietzsche's books, um, which I, I don't like the guy at all, but I was, um, trying to, um, understand where he was coming from. And one thing I've noticed is, um, so his thoughts on, on Jesus are, um, they seem to come up a lot in conversation with people that are, you know, I've talked to people that are, you know, in cults or in veganism. Um, and they, uh, it, it seems like um, his co condemnation of anybody who wasn't Christ himself seems to be kind of a theme. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's trendy to say that uh, Jesus was the only true Christian. And, uh, hmm. uh how do you get past that with, uh, you know, like you can bring up, like, what do you, you know, what are they saying is, uh, St. John, uh, not a Christian or, the, you know, yeah. all the other saints, but they seem to not really, um, uh, think that the saints, uh, you know, have weight to them. Like they're, they're Isn't that a know, logical just, fallacy? Like the no true Scotsman fallacy, right? I mean, it's like, who, who is a true nihilist? Is like, is Hitler the only true nihilist? Is Stalin the only true nihilist? Is Nietzsche the only true nihilist? Like... You know, I guess maybe turning the argument around on them could be effective. That I don't know. Jay, what do you think? It is a version of no true Scotsman. I mean, you, you, it's almost like uh, people create kind of their own idea of who Jesus was, right? Um, Jesus was the uh, hippie revolutionary who opposed the establishment. Jesus was a magical mystic who studied the mysteries of Egypt when, you know, Mary, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph went to Egypt. Jesus is... Uh, a space being and, you know, some cult. So everybody kind of forms their own idea of Jesus. And I think that you have to go to the whole of the Bible, first of all, that's the primary source of revelation. And we get, as I was saying in the, the talk on the gospel of John, the, the Jesus in the gospel of John is not a 
being that only does, quote, love in the sense of, you know, peace and hippie Jesus. I mean, he forms a whip of cords and wipes the people out of the temple in the Gospel of John. He debates throughout the entire Gospel of John nonstop with the Pharisees. So, you know, we have to take the whole Jesus, right? Not the, you know, piecemeal one that kind of forms this idol Jesus in our head. It has to be the whole Jesus. And Jesus spoke the truth in love, right? So love is not set against telling the truth and telling the truth is not set against being compassionate. And again, I agree with Tristan that like compassion is not the tone of your voice and like speaking in the back of your throat and compassion is simply whether you're sincere and what you're saying is, you know, truthful and accurate. That's what compassion really is. And there is a wisdom that comes with, you know, knowing what to say at the right time and all that. And, uh, yeah, as a person who's outspoken and, and a YouTuber kind of person, uh, yeah, I, I have said things wrong and have gotten impatient with people. Sure. I guarantee you, though, anybody that does a lot of debates, if you deal with the public a lot, if you do a lot of this kind of stuff, you're going to get impatient. You're going to have to deal with constant, you know, situations that are, you know, tempting you to be in, in a, a state of, uh, you know, the passions. And so it's just it's just part of what happens. It's unfortunate. But you know, if you look at the life of St. Paul, St. Paul had uh, knockout battles where he had to part ways with people. If you read the book of Acts, right, he had a huge falling out with Peter. He had a huge falling out with other disciples in the book of Acts. So uh, the saints weren't people who, you know, just, uh, you know, pansied around like, uh, you know, uh, Mother Teresa. You know, they were people who oftentimes had constant strife and controversy in their lives. They were people who were arrested. John Chrysostom was arrested by the Empress, right? They were people who faced off against uh, evil rulers, right? Screaming, shouting them down, like in shouting matches face to face. There are people like Saint, uh, you know, Alexander who uh, slapped Arius, right? I mean, this kind of stuff happens in the history of the church. It's, it's, this is a misunderstanding of what a quote saint is, as just somebody who's this sort of hippie pacifist person. That's, that's not what a saint is. Yeah, I was actually just gonna just gonna quote the Saint Nicholas uh, punching her. Uh, I said Saint Alexander. I meant Nicholas. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I get your point. Um, I was just I wasn't um, I wasn't trying to debate on that, you know, and, and uh, you know I wasn't agreeing with uh, that last guy on on uh, you guys being unfair to her. I was I'm trying to kind of understand uh, how do I approach this. Uh, myself yeah. when I'm having these discussions. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be another context. Right? Don't, don't argue and debate with family members. Don't argue and debate with parents. People that are older than you, don't argue and debate with them. It will be futile. I learned that the hard way uh, through my 20s. Um, the only way that you're going to win those kinds of people over is when they see a change in your life. If, if your parents see you doing well and flourishing in life, that will have much more of an impact on you than trying to logically you know, convince them of a position. Right. But if your um, but if your parents worship mammon and they see success as worldly success, then right, they might not even be able to gauge well, I'm if not, you are. I'm just saying generally speaking, that's a yeah, general yeah. statement. Yeah. I'm saying that like in every case, if you make a zillion dollars, then your parents will <laughs> respect you. Yeah, no, no, it depends yeah. it's a case by case basis. Yeah. And I was going through um that lifting vegan logic guys uh YouTube and uh <laughs> <laughs> capacity and uh, I see a video of his, um, is the COVID-19 vaccine ethically vegan, mm -hmm. uh, which is a hilarious title, but um, real quick, I'd like to get your, your guys' thoughts on, uh, on that vaccine and, uh, you know, whether, whether you guys are going to take it, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, how harmful it is or, you know, because it, yeah. it is kind of giving into the Antichrist if you willingly 
accept the shot, you know, for, for worldly, um, you know, if, if you can't go and get a, a plane ticket, you know, you say, oh, well, I'm going to go get the shot. We, so. we got to be careful with what we say on YouTube because YouTube and all these social media platforms make it very difficult for you to have real conversations about certain things. And that's one of those conversations that's been kind of blacklisted completely. Not, I'm not mad that you brought it up at all. Um, I'm not going to be putting anything in my body that's been tested on, uh, that's been developed in early stages with both, both Pfizer and Moderna's shots were developed using aborted fetal cell lines. Um, both of them are, we're seeing a lot of the results. You can, I mean, there's a lot of people posting on Facebook, Twitter, the effects, the after effects of the shot. You know, I mean, it's like, you guys check out my, uh, check out my Instagram feed. You can speak a little more freely in Instagram stories. It seems they disappear after 24 hours. Follow me on Instagram and you'll see a lot of my thoughts on that. Uh, but yeah, that, that's not going in any of the bodies, uh, in my, I'm going to start collecting stabbies. I'm getting pretty much every one that comes out. I'm going to uh, like literally go collect them all. Um, in fact, I'm just going to like literally all day long, try to get nothing, but I'm going to go to every Walgreens and CVS and like, just give me all of them. Multiple doses. They, they call it the human I'm taking, pin. Cushion. I'm taking a new approach. The human pin cushion approach. He's going to be, he's going to look like uh no, it's going to be like acupuncture. It's going to be like Gil Bates is acupuncture through stabbies. It's like, it's going to be like lawnmower man, but twitching. Look like that. I just trust me when I put all of these stabs in you. Uh, it's gonna be for your own uh, chi. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> channel your chi and. I'm actually I'm, I'm starting a vaccine company. I'm gonna be developing my own, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and call it right now. I'm I'm probably gonna have exclusive contracts with the government of the United States, the European Union, and the communist Chinese government. Uh, so I I'm gonna say that don't get the other ones. Get the one that my company is developing. Um, that's going to be, that'll be, it'll be released within a few weeks. We're in the early stages of testing and they're 99, 99.5% effective. Yeah, that's, things are very, I think, with, uh, you know, yeah. what, what rights are going to be taken away and, but. Absolutely. It's getting crazy. It's getting crazy and uh, there's going to be coercion and uh, it's going to be difficult for some people to, to deny it. Uh, their workplaces different corporations. If you want to go to a Ticketmaster concert, if you want to fly somewhere, they're rolling out passports and we need to see, uh, we need to see people saying no. And we need to see people, uh, you know, if people in mass deny it and don't accept it, then the, you see a little bit of a pullback and then uh, an acceleration <laughs> and, a, and a whipping, of course. But people have to be ready for, uh, for all the deceptions that are going to come. And I think there are deceptions coming down the line that will make 2020 Look like uh, look like kitty stuff, um, not the kitty stuff, um, not the kitty stuff that Joe Biden likes, um, but maybe yeah, some of that. Our, if God, um, you know, considers ourselves orthodox to not uh, take that vaccine, you know, no, whatever means necessary, um, and uh, you know, but then again, to an extent, putting the mask on in and, in and of itself, that's pretty much yeah. in a you know satanic uh, ritual, you know, the six feet apart. Um, all that stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, my children have never put one of those on yet, and uh, I don't plan on it. And we've, you know, I mean, there have been times when we wanted to travel, take a bus overnight to some place, and we ended up having to, you know, pay for like a $500 taxi ride instead uh, just to avoid that. And, um, you know, I'm not, I, it's difficult. It's really hard. But I, thanks for calling in, man. Uh, next time we do this, feel free to call in, Ryan. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the call, the questions. I know you weren't like... Yes. Uh, so, sometimes when people have a question or uh, a critique, 
what I'll do is sometimes I'm responding to people in the chat as well as the person who asked the question. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that you're taking the position of like, oh, I'm more pious than you or like that you're being yeah. super critical or whatever. Sometimes, you know, I'm partially talking to the last guy that called in as well. So thanks for calling yeah. me, Ryan. Have a good one, man. God bless. <laughs> So Ryan's out here. How do we, we got two more people. And Jay, uh, you know, if any, if at any moment, you know, if you have to go um, whip your people or discipline your people, um, let us know. You can take off. Is this your convenient way of trying to end this? Or you're like, get out of here, dude. Dude, no, I just, dude, I, I'm respectful of your time. I know you, I know you don't have, you don't have all the time in the world. Well, I mean, the, my time is, is money. I know it's Bitcoin. So it's not just you're money. You're paying me, so I'll stay here as long as you're going to pay me. I used to have to pay Jay in gold, uh, but now it's it's BTC. So let's make sure. Magdalena, how you doing? Do you have a video access? Can you, hi, guys. Can you see me? No, but I can hear you. I can hear that um, you're... That's, that, oh, wait, just a second. I can hear that you're a real person. Maybe now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm switching on camera. Okay. Right on. All right. So. Just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, look, can you hear me? I should tell you guys about the vegan. No? <laughs> we need. We need. Foreigner. What time? For the dang foreigner. We we don't take kindly to you people with other accents around here. Um. <clears throat> she sounds like she's from the same region as Veganica. Might even be Veganica. Yeah, yeah, I'm Polish. <laughs> Yeah. I'm the troll that she mentioned before. Okay, the troll. Is, is a troll just anyone that disagrees with yeah. her? Is anyone that disagrees with her a troll? Is that how it works? I, you know what I, I would like to say? Just please let me check what's going on with my camera because it looks like it's working, but uh, I can't see it on Zoom. What if it actually is Veganica oh. calling in and Veganica is the <laughs> troll that she was arguing with? That would Alter be, personality. That would be meta. <laughs> I join you because so many people feel sorry for her, but when I used to be vegan, um, many people told me also, happened to me, they told me, you know, Magda, you are fucked up. And that moment I, I was angry, but now when, I'm, when I quit veganism a few years later, I, I, I can see this like, you know, these this people were right. So yeah. I, I should listen to them that time. Thank you. And I've had a lot of people tell me that. I've had a lot of people tell me that I hated you for so long. I despised you. I, you. I got banned from your channel for hating on you in your comments. But thank you. And I remembered what you told me and I appreciated it. Right? So that happened. And that even happened with John Venus, who then went back to veganism afterwards. But I'm sure, I think he's trans-vegan, technically. So, um, but you know, a lot of these people, they do thank us later on. And I, you know, I appreciate you calling in. And uh, we still can't see you, but we can hear you. That John Venus guy seems. I, I mean, I follow his so stuff. Sad. He seems very easily influenced. Like he yeah. seems like whoever he's talking to, he's like yeah. on their side. You know. Yeah, that's how he is in like DMs and stuff. He acts all friendly, and then you see him posting stuff like meat is murder and stuff, and then he'll laugh about veganism in the DMs, and then at the same time, like publicly, he's proclaiming that veganism is a good idea. So I, yeah, it does seem a little two faced sometimes, but uh, I guess that's kind of how a lot of people are. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to the little girl's room again. All right, ma'am. Jay's actually, he's, he's, he's allowed to do that legally um, because of his pronouns. John Penis is somebody, yeah. John, John Penis is sometimes, sometimes he, his alter personality is John Penis. 
Magdalena, are you still here? Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Also, I had already three debates with Veganica, so it's very difficult to speak with her. So for for, for, for people who that don't know, uh, hey, there you uh, are. It's not easy. Can you see me now? Yeah, we can see you now. Right. All right. Nice. <laughs> Were you offended right, so when I made fun of the Polish accent? I thought I did a good Polish accent. I thought it was okay. I like the <laughs> Polish accent. It's actually a beautiful accent when they say stuff that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I will just introduce myself. I, I used to be vegan for three years. Uh, this year I'm going to celebrate three years of quitting veganism. And I'm experimenting with uh, this raw carnivore primal lifestyle. Okay. And um, yeah, and uh, I follow you also. Uh, I follow many of these, you know, carnival channels. And uh, I really worry about our future and future of meat because you see what is going on. So yeah. I think anytime we have a chance to, to debate vegans, we, we should just speak with them, you know, straight. It's not time for, you know, uh, they, they already can research everything. But, there is, you know, you know about vegans everything. So it's time to wake them up because they are just helping, you know, this elite and aristocrats to enslave us. Absolutely. And it's not a joke because all of them, they, they're going to wake up one day. They're going to realize they are hungry because, you know, now they are doing it. They think they are doing it because they want. But what, it's different when someone is going to push you. So... Vegan is a prison diet. When everybody will be pushed to be vegan, they're going to change minds because, you know, this will be something that is not coming from them. And I believe also in this vegan New World Order, the, the food will be not, you know, avocados and oranges and mm -hmm. all this beautiful Instagram food. It will be something maybe like Soylent. Yeah. Soil and green. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, gonna be, it's lab grown meat and, uh, and these shitty ass Beyond Burgers. And it's, uh, it's Bill Gates, kibble, smush. It, it's basically it's Play Doh. They want to feed you Play Doh and tell you that this is going to save the planet. And these vegans are the useful idiots of people like Bill Gates and, uh, and these oligarchs. Yeah, exactly. So now it's the time to, you know, to, to un unite, but uh, vegans, they don't understand what they are doing. And I, may, I do actually Polish anti-vegan channel because uh, Polish is quite a big country, but uh, there is no uh, like clear message. So many people in Poland go vegan now, it's crazy. Mm. It's uh, so many young girls, especially young girls are like, I see like they are almost all vegan. So, so I sad. really worry the future of my country. You know, it, it's a direct attack on fertility. Of defense. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a direct well, attack on fertility as well, because we know that nutrient deficiencies, specifically yeah. the nutrients that are available in animal foods exclusively, are deficient in vegan diets, and those nutrients, like zinc, are required for fertility and for your immune system. So farmers exactly. and ranchers understand, like people who raise animals understand that simple mineral deficiencies will cause infertility in an animal. So if there's an animal here that's having trouble conceiving, if there's a cow that's having trouble conceiving, there is a product that is an injection of zinc and phosphorus and calcium, right? Zinc, phosphorus, and calcium. Where are these most abundant? Zinc and calcium, you're only gonna get bioavailable zinc and calcium in animal foods, right? And when cows, pigs, these animals are infertile, they give them that injection of zinc, 
phosphorus, calcium, and also iodine is another huge one. Iodine is crucial for uh, the development of the fetus. Iodine is crucial for the development of the central nervous system. If you're deficient in that, you're sterile. And these, these are the nutrients that vegan diets make you deficient in and make people sterile. And is there, by the way, Tristan, I know that we know this, but is there any kind of um, way to demonstrate beyond just kind of practical experience and observation that the nutrient deficient diet affects the brain and the, yes. the, the vegans literally can't think straight? Is there a way to, yeah. is there a paper or a documentary or anything other than just observing the vegan babies, vegan vegetarian babies have lower birth weight. They have more, they're, uh, they're more likely to be underweight at birth and thus underdeveloped, more developmental um, issues. Then also when you look at autistic children, there are major mm -hmm. issues with nutrient deficiencies that um. accompany autism, which is we know that autism is, uh, is associated with damage to the gut lining, which is going to affect your nutrient absorption. And the foods that are the most easily absorbed and the most nutritionally complete are being completely avoided by these people who are using a vegan diet. So there's that, then there's also cholesterol. So low cholesterol is associated with psychosis, with violent behavior, and with more risk-seeking behavior. And they've done studies on all of this. Uh, your brain is made of cholesterol, your central nervous systems, the myelin sheath is made of cholesterol. So you can't have a, a properly functioning central nervous system without proper amounts of cholesterol. And that's another way to point out. Also, we know omega-3 deficiencies in omega-3 fatty acids, which you only get in a bioavailable form from fish and from ruminant meat and from animal foods. Deficiencies in omega-3 also lead to improper brain development and central nervous system development. And you see in vegans, you see their eyes start to get really close together when they get really deep into the fasting. You see their eyes get a little crooked, their eyes get sunk in. That is literally their brain and their central nervous system uh, system shrinking. And you see the wow. physical effects of it. And, it's, and then you see the manifestations in their emotional state, in their thinking, in their delusions. Right. And it's, um, it's shocking and it's sad when people do it to their children. And that's why we hope that Veganica gets better. We don't hope that these people continue to do this. We don't want to see these people suffer. That's not the goal. We want them to stop making themselves suffer by the decisions they're making and stop pushing that on other people and stop going to stop family farms. Stop for the stupid cult. Right. They're, they're shutting down. They're trying to go and shut down farms and they're cheering on the government, shutting down the farms, shutting down poultry production, shutting down pork production. Oh, we tested it. They got H1N1 on this farm. We got to shut down all the, all the chicken production in the whole country. This is what's happening now they're they killed all the mink in denmark uh the the uh the danish um, mink farmers were completely destroyed and decimated illegally after they got uh covid tests with the uh the admittedly fraudulent high um false positive rate pcr exam on some mink and they destroyed all the mink and they're doing the same thing in greece now they're moving on to poultry in the uk they they have i'm not joking they've demanded that all the people with backyard chickens quarantine their chickens indoors which is going to make those chickens sick which is going to make them more likely to get diseases and they're saying this oh it's because we've got the the bird flu is going to start again and this is going to they're going to keep doing this the vegans are going to cheer this on all the while, these vegans get chickens, put them in their home, and treat them like babies, and are like snuggling with the chickens all the time, while they tell farmers that you're the reason that we have coronavirus, because you, you are hanging around with animals. It's okay when vegans molest animals in their house all day, and treat the chickens like they're uh, like a Barbie doll, but it's not okay if farmers raise chickens 
And it's not okay if we, uh, we raise chickens and then feed them to our children. It's completely hypocritical and, and insane. So I would like to add, uh, Viganika's son, he, he, she claims he's autistic too. So it's more even sad <clears throat> that he's now on this vegan diet. Sure. And uh, also as a female, you know, I, I'm approaching 40, let's say. It's really sad for me to, 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 to see that the fashion, you know, the, what we see now, the fashion is the girls, they should eat salads, you know, it's not like promoting girl with meat. It's not something, you know, like you can see around, like so the trend is the girls eat salad, meat is eventually fun. So I, I would like to spread, you know, more more message among the young girls, especially because, uh, you know, we're going to live with these people, with these people who are young now, like let's say 16, 17, 20, yeah, when they will be older. They will be brainwashed so much into veganism that we will, we, our generation, we will have also big trouble, you know, to live in this reality also there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad uh, you're out there. I'm glad you're out there doing what you're doing and that you're pushing back. And, you know, you get called things like a troll just for, you know, pointing out where you believe somebody's wrong. It doesn't sound like you're a troll. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you do online. Maybe you got some other handles. You do weird stuff, but it sounds to me like you're just... Uh, maybe trying to help Veganica and she's interpreting it as you attacking her instead. You know, <clears throat> I, feel, hey, I had three debates, debates with her already, so they are never live, but always when I speak with her before on Skype, she's really, really cool lady. And uh, she's changing when she starts to speak about veganism, she's a different person. Um, I'm looking forward when, when she's going to quit this and uh, I, I know she's not going to quit when we are talking to her like this. She will quit when she will feel like this, but why I said she's not vegan? She's not vegan. She, she said on your channel she's vegan for one year and a half. I checked her videos and I see nine months ago she, she told she sometimes she buys products with, you know, milk, with butter because she, she cannot find vegan products, by the way, you cannot find vegetables and fruit. But anyway, why, why I say about this, maybe this is not very important, but you know, if you have only two eggs a day in your diet, you cover your, you cover your body needs for B12. So she is not pure vegan, so she doesn't understand pure vegan diet, how it is, how is the feeling. So if she, she has still some animal product here and there, she doesn't understand. Also, she is a person which entered into veganism with nice body, you know. She wasn't skinny. She looks like nice, you know, mighty woman, let's say. And this is different. That's why I, I said about this. And I like to speak the truth, you know. It's people believe, normal people, normal people who watch this channel, they believe these people are 100% vegan and they are alive. That's why I try to debunk this. Mm. Because I, I know my family, my family went vegan because of me. And I see my father, he's into the steel. My father is losing all his muscles. He doesn't want to listen anything. You know, veganism is not a job. Uh, I'm, she told the truth. I don't care what, what people say. I, I, I know what, uh, like, what veganism is and I'm not going, you know, to have any... I'm not making... I don't want to make bravo to, to the people, you know. If I see they don't speak truth, I want to be banned. Yeah. That's it. Hey, I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. We got, got a couple of pe other people in the waiting room. We got three people yeah, sure. in the waiting room. So Magdalena, um, thank you. for. We appreciate what you're doing. And please continue to, uh, to lovingly 
uh, and with a really soft voice always, and always say, no, I'm just kidding, uh, keep pushing back, and, uh, and sometimes these vegans need a little smack, a little figurative smack, so uh, keep it up, and uh, push back, and, uh, and stand up for what's true, and don't let them gaslight you into the nonsense ever again. Yeah, gas, eat meat, a lot of meat every day, how much you can, you must be strong, you must, must to be beautiful, you must to bring healthy, strong children, and I want to see nice families, thank you guys. Thank you. I have to say, I, I love the Polish accent. It is one of the most beautiful <laughs> accents in the world. To all the Polish people who were offended earlier, I, I do it out of love for the Poles. So thank you very now much. I'm, I'm now I'm going to have it my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Enjoy the chicken wing. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Ciao. Later on. Let's see. Remove. We got some people in the waiting room. And when you remove someone, it asks you if you want to report them. That's funny. All right. All right. So who do you... All right. Stoyan or Alex Tremo? Do you think either one of these wants to debate? And was Robert Sterling... Was Robert the guy who called in earlier, the first guy? Because I, I think I forgot to remove him. Was that the first guy or is that... I'm trying to remember. I doubt anybody is going to want to debate. All right. We'll do... We'll, we'll try to get one or two more and, uh, and, and see if... Uh, I got paid. If they do want to debate, they're just going to want to debate about debating. Someone just left. Oh, he just... Robert just left. All right, Alex, you're going to come in first. Let's pull Alex up. Alex, what's up? Alex Trebek. Trebek. I loved... Uh, who did? Who was that did Sean Connery back? It was... Uh, um, Will Ferrell. No, it was the other guy that looked almost like... He did... He used to do Clinton as well. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. He, he, he was good. He had some good impressions, man, but he did a great yeah, Sean Connery. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Alex, can you hear us, man? There he is. What's up, Alex? I can't hear you yet. There hello, you hello. Can you hear me? Gotcha. What's up, man? I see you got notes What's right up? there. Are you are you coming to debate or are you friendly? We, we're waiting for someone to finally debate. No one wants to debate. I, I was asking you in the chat if I could just like ask questions. I don't really have anything to debate or argue. Just okay. I just want to learn today. Okay, we'll ask ask a couple questions and then we'll pull in the next person. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't have I can stay that long anyway, so I'll try to do it as fast as can. I just you know since uh, <laughs> Jay is always bragging about all of his books and annotations and stuff, this is the only thing that I have that I can brag about that I'm that I'm studying Greek. So I'm just bragging for the sake of bragging. Okay, so, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, let me just to be fair. I've never heard Jay brag about his books. I think he does. Well, well, I think he does well. a good job at referencing well, if, books. If you if you are in charge of your own marketing and you live by selling your books, you have to promote your books. So oh, it's, I, I'm just. I'm oh, I thought he was talking about bragging about his library. I mean, it books. It, Jay's books. I mean, Jay, if gotta, I had that that library, I would brag about it all the time. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm. It's okay. I can tell English is your second language, so maybe you know it, it, it might have come off slightly insulting when it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> no, 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 not not at all. No, no. Okay. I love what is you guys' channel. Okay, right on, straight uh, to to the question. So, um, I I was just wondering. You already explained before the thing with the uh, some some monks who have a plant-based diet, which is not really vegetarian, not really vegan, right? Mm. So, um, I was just wondering because i'm very curious what is the rationale like behind having a plant-based diet for for the orthodox monks to do that okay why do monks why do orthodox monks fast so much 
Some of them. Well, it's fasting, right? It's considered fasting when you abstain from meats, right? Um, Jay, you're gonna have a better answer than than I would. I'm I'm not very uh, I'm not very well versed in the history of fasting and some of the the idea of uh, the ascetic life in the Orthodox tradition is coming from um, the Old Testament out of the prophetic lineage. So you have people like John John the Baptist who are kind of, he's kind of the model of asceticism, and so he lived in the desert. He ate locusts and wild honey, uh, and that was his his role was to be that kind of preparatory apocalyptic eschatological type of figure because he was hailing the coming of the messiah now when the messiah comes he eats and drinks right and so the, the jesus actually talks about this that the pharisees would be um you know uh inconsistent because they would critique john about john the baptist for his ascetic life and they would critique jesus because he would uh, eat meat and drink wine so that they were just being hypocritical. And so in the history of the church, there are uh, people who do take on a, a higher level of ascetic discipline for the purpose of training their bodies for, the, for that kind of stuff. But you have to be clear that even in the monastic life, they make it clear that asceticism is not an end in itself. Uh, it's not a um, thing that you do for the purpose of asceticism itself. It's only so that you better control your passions and your desires. But so it's not for so, animal rights. They're not doing it because it's bad to eat animals or, you know. No, in fact, it's still in, in the canons that if you are a vegan, you're condemned. That's mm-hmm. still heterodox. So, uh, but if people want to choose that kind of a life, just like you don't have to be married, you can choose to, you know, the monastic life if that's what God calls you to. So there's there's different ways that, that uh, you know, God calls different people to different types of lifestyles that are appropriate mm-hmm. to them. And the other thing I would say, too, is that the uh, medieval, you know, monastic requirements about what people would do on Mount Athos to fast, that's coming from a world and a a situation before the existence of genetic modification. Mm. And I don't know what the laws of Greece are, but I'm assuming that Greece doesn't, the EU doesn't have the same laws that the U.S. has. So literally in the U.S., we deal with stuff that has never existed in the history of the world in terms of genetic modification. Yeah. We've I, never had grains and these kinds of things modified to be deadly and to be dangerous the way that they are. And, and nor that we had, we didn't have people that's guts were so destroyed that they weren't able to digest right. these foods, right? Like, I mean, some people are just straight up not able to digest grains. Like I can't, if I eat a bowl of lentils. I, can, I can't eat that stuff. Like I can, I can, I can take communion but I can't eat a bowl of lentils. Like if I eat a bowl of lentils, I'm going to blast ass for like two weeks and be miserable. And you know, I mean, there's, there's, I don't, I don't think this is because lentils are bad. I think what we're dealing with is we've got gut issues. We've got, we've got a chemical barrage that's assaulting us physically right now. And a lot right. of us just can't handle these. The foods. other thing I would say too, is that uh, we had Father Deacon, Dr. Ananias on, who is a, you know, de- a, a deacon, probably soon to be a priest uh, with PhD. I've done many, many streams with him. He and, and Tristan and I have done a whole stream just on the diet issue. And so I would say what he says is that this is really an issue that you take to your spiritual father. So it's not for me as a lay person to tell you how to eat and how to do your diet. And no one in the Orthodox world should be going to laymen or to catechumens for those kinds of questions. That's why we have spiritual fathers, spiritual advisors. Uh, so, you know, don't listen to me telling you what to do. You have to take all these factors into account. Yeah, and people ask me all the time, like, how do you do Orthodox fasting? And, you know, it doesn't matter how my spiritual father tells me I should do fasting. That, that's not way, consequential uh, Orthodox, to you. Orth- 
the Orthodox fast are not vegan. This is another mistake people make. Clearly, yes, yes, yes. I, I personally, I just want to clarify. I understand it's def definitely not not the same thing, right? But if you want to uh, go into that, by, by all means, right? Yeah, that's a really good well, question, man. You, well, hey, we've covered that. I mean, the, yeah. we've done multiple streams. And I, I if, would say so. Yeah. If you look up on my channel, uh, the talk Jay and I uh, with Father Deacon Doctor Ananias on veganism. If you look up Deacon Ananias J. Dyer's veganism, you'll find that chat. It's on all three of our um, of our channels, I believe, and you can listen to that one. Uh, but like, we got how many? We got four. No, we got two more people. One more person in the waiting room. Uh, let's let's do one more question from Alex, and then uh, maybe you call it another okay, time. Okay, okay, yes, yeah, as quick as possible. Also, um, sorry if I'm touching my eyes a lot. I was cleaning some stuff with acid earlier, so no, I'm not crying. <laughs> you're not sorry, just so, so. You're not just so. You're not just so excited to talk to Jay Dyer. And, yeah, uh, I'm not crazy. Okay. I'm not sad about all of the animals that, that are dying. Because I thought it would be no, tears of joy of like being <laughs> of actually being able to speak to to me and Jay. <laughs> that actually, uh, uh, somebody saying, I should do an Alex Jones impression, impersonation. Well, another time, not now. Uh, time is, uh, we don't have a lot of time. So that actually ties into the next question. You know, um, imagine somebody who maybe was vegan or vegetarian for some period of time, then let, left it behind, came back to normal, whatever. Um, to what extent is it valid? for somebody who has a normal diet to say, I would want to reduce my animal consumption as much as, much as possible, not for mm, signaling or anything, just because I do have a concern and I would like uh, to harm animals, um, you know, the least I can, understanding that their life is not as valuable as a human life or anything. Okay. Just as something that they would like to to reduce, you know, taking account into account, you know, like all of the uh, meat that is, uh, you know, when it goes bad, it's it goes to waste, stuff like that. To what extent is it is it valid to want to av avoid that? I think it's invalid completely. Um, but you know, I mean, that's that's just my opinion. What does my opinion matter? Really, what it comes down to, my opinion doesn't matter. I don't think it's a valid approach. I think that. Uh, you know, you not eating meat is not going to reduce animal suffering at all. If you want to, you know, take, if you want to get the best quality meat, I mean, maybe moving towards producing some of your own animals, like you could raise bunnies, you could raise guinea pigs and use those for meat, uh, chickens, guinea fowl, uh, you can raise these in your backyard and produce your own meat. And if you're into that, that's fine. I don't see any problem with wanting the best quality meat. But I think uh, a lot of people, I think this like searching for, it's almost like a, a chiliastic perspective like we're going to uh stop all the suffering in the world by like rearranging the world into this you know perfect utopia and if we just stop the animal suffering and we do the right thing then we're gonna have this utopia i think it's flawed but i'm not i'm not like a spiritual authority or anything i would say yeah take those kinds of questions to your spiritual father that's what he's there for i don't have any authority on that yeah. domain and uh, i would say too that no, I mean, that wasn't Jesus' attitude. When he was resurrected, he ate fish, and he didn't even need to eat yeah. it. Oh. Yeah. So is it. Is it bad to be concerned, like, uh, if if, uh, if an animal dies, you know, like, if you see it happen, like, I don't know, a dog gets run over or anything, or should we just say, it's just an animal, dude, it's no big deal, doesn't it? No, happen? I think, I mean, uh, 
Proverbs says God values the life of all of his creatures. A, a, a righteous man cares even for the life of his beasts, Proverbs says. So yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with having that kind of concern. Many of the Orthodox saints, uh, Saint Seraphim, uh, you know, they, they were the lovers bear. of animals. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's a wholly, completely Orthodox attitude. Yeah, like I've, I've had animals I lost and I cried over them, you know. I mean, it's not, but that doesn't mean I'm... I won't butcher an animal and eat it as well. That same animal that I might cry over if it died in an accident or due to neglect or due to some mistake that I yeah, made. I mean, I've seen Tristan eat the dogs that he's had. I mean, he... he while he crying. Consistent. While crying. Tears of joy. I mean, right? literally weeping as he's chewing the dog leg. You guys want to yeah, see? That, look, ribeye's that, actually that's laying... Look at, look at my exactly. spoil That's why he named ribeye ribeye. Look at him. He's You're got going back to the two sheepskins thing, right? right yeah, yeah, yeah. He's laying on two sheepskins. One of the sheepskins that he's laying on, that sheep. I mean, hell, the first time I did a stream with Tristan, he was over there chewing on a damn hamster that had just passed. I was eating a live hamster the first time we did a stream. It was alive. It was was squeaking. squeaking. I I I ate it from the leg up, too. It was really slow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as long as you don't eat the monkey brains, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Or bat soup. uh, Yeah. I know that there is more people waiting in line, so right, thanks man. for answering, guys. Hey, thank, thank you, thank you for uh, calling in. I appreciate it. See you guys next time. Bye, bye, my friend. Thank you. Uh, all right. Some eventually, Jay, one person will call into debate. It'll probably be ask Maybe yourself. Can, uh, let me. I'm gonna try to link that talk that we did with. Uh, Please do. I think I titled it "Church Fathers and Veganism" with Father Deaconette. Father Deaconette Nice is in the chat, by the way. Yes, he is. You guys can check out his channel as well. You want to see if you, Father Deacon call in if you want to? Yeah, you should. Stoyan. I found it, by the way. I found it. I found the phone. Stoyan. Put it in the chat right now. Stoyan, can you hear us? I can't see you. I always got to gotta kind of vet people because we've had some incidents in the past. With callers. There we go. It's a real person. Hold on. I can't hear you, but I can see you. Stoyan looking like a Chad over there. Mute your browser. Yeah, can you hear this? Yeah, mute, your, mute your screen. Mute your browser and turn turn the volume. Uh, turn the volume. Turn the turn the turn Yeah, sorry guys. Is it better now? Yeah, can you turn the volume down in your microphone? You're much louder than Jay and it's a little bit washed out. I don't know how to do that in Sorry. Is it better now? If you can turn the mic sensitivity down a little it's bit. It's like what those old Sam Hyde videos where he's screaming into the microphone. <laughs> right. Maybe that's better? It's still, it's still the, the mic's bad. It's a bad mic, maybe. Do you have a different mic? No, I don't actually. I'm sorry. Maybe I can leave my place to someone else because I'm not a vegan. So anyway, okay. but... Um, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I just, I just want to say, guys, thank you very much for all the work you've been doing. Uh, I'm really happy to be able to speak with both of you at the same time because you did a lot of good uh, work on uh, showing that diet is a key form of warfare with uh, Plato, Malthus, Charles Darwin, Darton, uh, Bertrand Russell, and especially the last one, um, Tristan, Lord Birkenhead. That was a, that was a big discovery for me. Uh, so all these maniacs, they have a big plan for us. And my question is very simple. What do you think is going to happen in terms of banning meat? Because we've seen in the 2016 video from the, the, world, the, the world Economic Forum that that's their final objective. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they have a special strategy where they want to 
controllable supply chain. Maybe they want to put a meat tax. Maybe they want to close butchers. I don't know. Like, do, yeah. do you have an idea? Because you guys always have like yeah. the, this, watch the Plannedopolis video. Have you seen those Plannedopolis videos? That's the plan right there. No, I haven't seen it. I'll say, uh, yeah. As far as the the procession of events that'll be used to justify it, I think there's going to be a multifaceted approach. First, you have climate crisis narrative, and we've been seeing this for a while now, demonizing greenhouse gases, telling us that uh, all the animals, including your children, they put out invisible toxic gases that are going to kill the planet and that are making the weather change. And if you just stop having animals and children, then the magical gases, the invisible gases that are destroying mommy earth and making her so sad and cry tears of oil will stop and the weather will be perfect and you'll live in a utopia where everybody puts the pee-pee in the poo-poo and eats Play-Doh. Um, in uh, Plato's Play-Doh Republic, uh, will be what that's so then, and then after that, you're going to also see you have the vegan activists who are another wing of this, who are calling for animal rights, social justice, liberation of animals. That's another facet of it. But then the most pernicious and dangerous one is going to be the zoonotic diseases excuse. They're continuing to test a lot of animals and livestock in all these countries. They're going to test them for the invisible bug viruses that are going to kill everybody. And then if they don't kill off your livestock, um, you, you, if you don't allow the state to kill off your livestock, then you yourself may have to uh, deal with some repercussions and perhaps be put in prison because it's to save the world from another terrible virus. We have to get rid of chickens because of bird flu, swine because of swine flu, and they'll come for ruminant animals. They've already test run this in the UK with foot and mouth disease where they forced a cull of uh, sheep from sheep uh, farmers and uh, yeah, so people like Fauci and these guys in the uh, CDC uh, and USDA and uh, all these kind of Bill Gates adjacent type people will push that. And then another thing we're seeing is it's become economically unviable for people to produce their own food and farmers are getting pushed off their land. Farmers can't afford to farm anymore. They're not making profit. And then they sell their farmland. Bill Gates now owns most of the farmland in the United States. He is the biggest owner of farmland in the United States of America now. And you're going to see that more and more. They're going to buy up the farmland because they're going to economically destroy farming. They're going to use activists to terrorize farming and use terrorist techniques in order to get rid of farmers. They're going to uh, uh, test animals for diseases and claim they have diseases and force cull them. And they're going to tax meat as well. It's a multifaceted approach that needs to be seen and resisted against. Uh, or it will very quickly become uh, Plato's pee-pee and the poo-poo Plato Republic. So thanks, th thanks for the question, man. I, I'm sorry the mic didn't work so well, but I, I'd love for you to call in another time, and uh, and I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, it's my sorry for the mic, and thank you for answering my question, and uh, thank you for all the work you do, guys, and uh, have a good night. All right, man. Hey, keep it up, man. Keep keep doing what you're doing. I put the Planopolis link in the uh, chat, by the way. Thanks, Jay. All right, Stoyan. Stoyan was looking like a Chad over there. And great question. And uh, we got, dang, we got two more people. Keep Russ. And then Father Deacon, Dr. Ananias is coming in as well. Let's, uh, let me, Kipras. Did I say your name right? Kipras? Kipras? How you doing? Sometimes it takes a minute for it to come in. Let's pull in Father Deacon. Dr. Ananias as well. Here we go. 
Kipros, how you doing, man? That fellow bald man bad Kipros over there. I gotta plug my computer in real quick here before the battery dies. Just, what about your your people can do that, dude? Come on, don't don't strain yourself. I gotta resize everything. When we get three calls in, I'm gonna resize it all. Hey, it's been a great stream so far. I gotta well, first of all thank Jay Dyer for sticking around for so long. Um, well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry I was a little bit late. I know I was bitching crying about you being late last time, and then I'm late this time. So um, <laughs> it's my fault. Hey, Father Deacon, very nice to see you. Father Deacon, I have a question. Hey, hey guys. Hey. So I know I you've know covered this many times, but so close. I, I had to prepare myself for this awesome. <laughs> Could you uh, speak to the kind of the basic principles that you often elucidate about the point of fasting, like what, how it's not an end in itself? Because that comes up a lot. Yeah, um, I recommend, and I just did a video a couple weeks ago. Um, Arch Mennonite Melitus Weber's book bread and water wine and oil and he talks about and it's kind of nice he kind of talks starts off apophatically by saying you know all the things that fasten are not so first thing we should uh, make clear that it's not like roman catholic mortification of the body it's not punishment um neither is it a matter of and people get this incorrect as well uh, self-control or self-discipline. Fasting itself brings no particular merit in of itself. Um, and for those who fast vigorously, it can even end up becoming a, a self-deception. It's not attempt to appease an angry, manipulative overseer God. It's not individual. That means uh, oftentimes you'll hear uh, Protestants say, well, I fast too. But that's not how we Orthodox fast. We don't get to pick and choose our fast days. It is an ascetical practice in which it teaches us something about God. And we do this corporately together. Um, and a lot of what it teaches us is mystical and beyond you know, our understanding, but at a very basic level, it teaches us that the luxuries, and especially if you put this in terms of animal products being you know, the most dense, um, nutritious uh, as far as bioavailability in these things that Man lives not by bread alone, but by God, and that together as a corporate body, we can minimize. So it's not even about the particular foods. It's about what is rich, what is luxurious, and we can remove those. And at the very basic level of fasting, realize that we can survive on the word of God with very little in life. Now, of course, this is something if somebody's having health problems or something like that, where doing that type of practice 
um, is detrimental to their life. Every priest that I know in the practice of the church would say, okay, we got to do something else. And in fact, even though monks, they're not vegans, they live a primarily uh, a pescatarian lifestyle um, that's majority plant-based, but they do get their proteins in through fish, um, that if a monk is sick, they will often give them red meat. So again, it's the fasting is not even, it's not a matter of health. Um, it's not a matter of benefit. There's nothing beneficial in and of itself. It's something that's mystically, if done correctly as a corporate body, is an ascesis and teaches us something about the nature of God and the way that we build that relationship. And I'd say at the, at the most basic level, it teaches us that I can survive on the word of God with very little in life. And we could become dogmatic with the fasting and it will defeat the entire purpose. So for example, it's not about the letter of the law. You're allowed um, on certain fast days um, fish. And so let's say somebody goes, well, this is awesome. I'm going to get lobster and caviar and I'm going to wash it down with a nice, um, you know, Bordeaux. This fulfills the letter of the law and defeats the whole purpose of fasting. And the reason why is that shellfish in particular were not considered a rich luxury, especially in the areas of uh, some of the orthodox lands where seafood was in abundance. And so again, part of the teaching was to, let's remove the luxuries out of our life for a period of time to realize and have God teach us something about um, himself as a corporate body. And so somebody can fulfill again the letter of the law and go, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting, I'm eating shellfish, uh, sorry, lobster and caviar. <laughs> but that defeats the whole purpose because now these days that's a luxury and so again the best way to do a fast and if you have any health concerns or anything like that um, talk to your priest about it. your priest is your spiritual trainer and just like a doctor they need to know about your um, just like the doctor would need to know about your medical history they need to know about your uh, spiritual history about your life and they will work with you. Also think about this. What if you're completely plant-based and you're orthodox and now the fasting um, period has come? You just go, well, I don't need to because I'm constantly on. No, people like that need to actually talk to their spiritual fathers and say, but I need to fast from something so that I can receive the teaching of asceticism and learn something about God and the priest We'll work that out. So again, it's not the sort of legalism. And he even talks about Archimedite. Melitos Weber talks about that too. That um, you know, there are situations in which fasting is not a matter of changing eating habits at all, but adapting some other form of behavior instead. So technically, fasting is abstaining from food, but that's too strict of a notion. Fasting doesn't exist in isolation out 
apart from the entire behavior in which we participate in the church together, which also includes changing one's behavior as far as almsgiving, um, watching less TV or things, all of which again is to teach us, I can remove these things and be satisfied strictly on the word of God. So that's what I'd say. That's the essence of the Orthodox fasting. Beautiful. Yeah, that's a really good explanation. And if, if you guys don't know, he, uh, the Norwegian News is his YouTube channel. I will be putting a link. I'm putting a link in the description right now for Father Deacon Ananias's YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate the work that you do and the advice. I, I've been loving the fact that you've been hanging out a lot in the, uh, the Orthodox Discord. And I've learned a lot from just popping in every once in a while and hearing what you're talking about in there. And, uh, that's a great resource as well. There's a link for the Orthodox Discord in the uh, description of this video. If there's any you know, Protestants or um, Roman Catholics who are interested in some of the ideas we're talking about here, uh, or you know, atheists, former atheists as well, if you're interested in some of these ideas about Orthodoxy, definitely check out the Orthodox Discord. It's a wealth of information there. Thank you, guys. Yeah, what a blessing, right, to have this Discord... Um, it's a great sense of community where we can come together um, and learn about many things, about orthodoxy. Um, for those of you having difficulty learning how to argue, um, what debate is, <laughs> different philosophical ideas, come on in. The water's warm. It's a great place to learn um, and get better at those things together as a wonderful community. It's also a great place to... Uh essentially donate through uh, large-scale usury practices all of your Bitcoin to me. <laughs> right, right, right. So, it, 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 for every minute that you are in the Discord, you do get charged Bitcoin. It automatically gets removed from your wallet and put into There's an automatic usury of 20% 20, 20 interest rate that I charge for any of my time yeah. per and minute. Father Deacon, if you, if you got a... I don't know if we can do this in Zoom, but your mic is lower than Jay's. I don't want to get you a little louder if we can. Should I just bring it up to the... Yes, yes. Eat my mic? Yes, kiss, Come kiss, on. kiss the mic, please. <laughs> um, where can I adjust that? Should I, uh, should I fast from... Um, Microphones? Yes. Oh, from sorry. exacting usury during the fasting <laughs> periods. And when, when the fast is over, I can go back to the exorbitant usury, right? Well, that's the one thing you don't want to fast from. That could be extremely <laughs> dangerous for your lifestyle. <laughs> You know, I've got, I don't know if I have the wrong link. Did you guys update the link in, for the Orthodox Discord? I have this one as discord.gg slash Orthodox Discord. Is that valid? It's at the top of the... I'm putting That's the, canonically invalid. You will be excommunicated. <laughs> I just don't want it to go to like nowhere. I don't want to put a link into the abyss and people are trying to get into the Discord. I changed the link in this video. I might have to ask Jessica to go do it in a bunch of other videos because we might have an old link. I can put it in there in a minute. I don't know how to turn up my volume. I think you're better now. I think it's just the mic was at the distance of the mic. You're good. Dr. Klaus Schwab says, based boomer priest. Come on, he's, he's not a boomer. He just got called a boomer. He's not a boomer. He's a... Gen Xer. Come on, man. We got no boomers here. I'm... You should see all the computers I'm building up here. <laughs> <laughs> the technology that... Um... By the way, I'm almost finished with my paper. Um, 
I like to specialize in the philosophy of technology and um, a lot of the stuff that you guys were talking about, uh, my paper is entitled Gnostic Scientism and Technocratic Totalitarianism. Um, I am going to have to go. My wife is needing me to do something. I apologize. I wasn't uh, yeah. wasn't trying to be rude to you, Father Deacon. I'm glad that you're here. Are those eggs in the background or are they balloons? We've never seen Jay giant. eat any. We've there may have seen... been a birthday party here and they are balloons. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Birthday party? Or they're giant dinosaur awesome. eggs. They're giant. Are... <laughs> the dinosaurs are not fake, fake and gray. Dang, Jay. You're putting us all in danger, man. I hope, there was, I hope that was a socially distanced, masked and muzzled. Birthday party. It was a hazmat requirements suit birthday party. Okay. All right. Good. Everybody had hazmat suits on. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, Jay Dyer, you guys got to check out Jay's channel. Uh, when, what do you have coming up? You got any streams planned yet for this week? Uh, we will do the part two to the Gospel of John in the, uh, the next day or two. Is that for members only or is that for, for the plebs as well? That will be for members only, but uh, if you guys didn't see the part two to the Richard Grove discussion, we had a really great discussion uh, last night or the night before um, covering uh, counterintelligence, Great Reset, espionage, all that kind of good stuff. Um, UFO, PSYOPs, we covered all that. Debunking. We're debunking. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, that out. And then, um, uh, Tristan, you and I, I think we'll be doing, um, some alien movies in the upcoming future here. Awesome. Future right give me, here. give me the, uh, give me the videos. We'll watch them movies and, uh, I'm down for it, man. I love the streams that you and Jamie have been doing and the streams you've Yeah, we get, Jamie and I got some, uh, another set of alien movies coming up and then you and I will do a couple alien movies too. Cool. And you know, Jessica always watches the movies with me. I know Jamie probably watches them with you. We could do like a... We could do like a date night, like a stream. We could, we can all talk about it if you want. I, uh, Jamie and I actually, we, we watch movies separately in different parts of the house. <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> At we the same that. time. We have a, we have a, uh, plastic divider in the middle of the house so that we don't infect one another. Yeah, that's good. You want to, you want to get it with a clean slate. You don't want the other person to, uh. We hug through the plastic like you see people doing. Nice. You nice. don't have a spacesuit. We watch movies in our NASA Hasn't it? <laughs> you Apollo suits. You wear Apollo suits to watch movies. That's right. So you guys check check out Jay Dar. His, his the link to his channel. I know you guys are already subscribed, probably, but you make sure you subscribe. Right. You guys, appreciate it. Become Have a member at his website as well. His, his membership is is very good. Thank you, Jay. We'll see you soon, dude. Bye, Jay. God bless you. All right, thank you. Bye, Jay. All right. Oh, look at that. Bye, got... Jay Dyer. So, Au revoir. Au revoir, Jay Dyer. Okay, I gotta make you normal size now, and I, I'm, I'm my back is getting sore, man. I got, I got a uh, what's it, like two and a half hours now. I did a stream last yeah, night too. Yeah, crazy. I, I chimed in the beginning, and then I actually uh, headed out, and then came back, and I saw that you were still going. Well, you're like a three and a half hours, you know, streamer. Yeah. I'll just babble forever. I'll just stream till tomorrow if, if somebody doesn't stop me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got a couple super chats here that I can read. And then if anybody, if you have any questions for Father Deacon on Anias, uh, you know, feel free to send those via super chat. Or, here we go. I'm going to make him normal size now. And uh, let's see. Pull you over here. I have to resize. Every time an, another guest comes on, I have to resize all the windows 
or it looks, or it makes my my uh, my whole thing look disheveled. So um, yeah, Father Deacon, Doctor Ananias, what else? What have you been working on lately? Do you have any uh, any projects that you'd like to tell tell the bigots about that they might be interested in? Yeah. So, and it was inspired. It was weird how it kind of came together. But it was inspired by um, several things that seemed to be kind of unconnected at the time. So um, I have this new job up here teaching philosophy at, in Montana at Carroll College, and I'm going to be teaching 19th, the foundations of 19th and 20th century social and political thought. And I picked a couple different books. One was uh, Dante Germano's Machiavelli to Marx, and then Eric Vogelin's Science, Politics, and Gnosticism. And I was going through, especially this, I would really recommend this book. I just encourage you to, you know, dig into the word of science, politics, and Gnosticism. <laughs> now, um, the, uh, the author of that, what is his uh, political or philosophical uh, persuasion? Like, where's he coming from? I think he comes out of the Roman Catholic tradition. Um, he's a proponent of kind of the classics, the classic uh, educational liberal arts, uh, and the benefits of just kind of the man of antiquity, the way that they were oriented and thought about the world, mm -hmm. um, the relationship to nature, to man, and their own political structures was um, not that it was perfect, but that there was a fundamental change that occurred in modernity, which he becomes a critic of. Mm. When, when men became, I think the scientific term is men became fake and gay, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the term he uses over and over. It's amazing. He invented that. <laughs> and so I was reading through this and at the same time, just kind of seeing all the stuff that people are posting of um, the, of the Kufid cult members. Mm -hmm. And you know, I do a lot of work in the philosophy of science and as well as epistemology. Those are kind of my two niches. Double, double entendre there, right? Niches. Yeah. Niches. And so what I started, you know, in those areas, we're asking epistemological questions about how do I know things? How can I trust things? When is something good science? How does science change? How does it operate? Um, and so, by the way, if there's any doubt, you know when they say trust the experts, the scientists? Mm -hmm. Well, I trump them because I got my PhD um, in the philosophy of science. Oh. And so the philosophy of science will always trump the scientists. So I am the expert. You there you trust go. Me. Trust myself. There. I don't even need to say anymore. <laughs> well, what if we just declare ourselves to be an expert? Like I get, I have seven honorary PhDs that I gave yeah, myself. Printed yeah. them out from my printer off the internet. Right. It's like Klaus Schwab. But anyways, has an honorary... what I started going through was talking about. I think it's really helpful for anybody, uh, you know, a lover of history and the uh, history of ideas. It really helps to read that in the philosophy of uh, the history of philosophy. Because it helps you see that, how did we get here? How do I better understand the situation, sociopolitical, the philosophical ideas, religious ideas that we see around us today and which we're embedded in? Well, one great way is to 
go through that kind of history of ideas and philosophy and you realize this caused this, this caused this, this caused this, so on and so on. And it helps you kind of get a better understanding of how we got here and what the ideas and what they actually mean, the consequences of them today. Mm-hmm. And so when I was going through this, he was talking about what he called modern Gnosticism and how that relates to science and how in those, both those philosophies and those political regimes, science ceases to be science. He talks about scientism, how that project came about with uh, Andres Saint-Simon and his student Comte in their positivism and creation of science of a one world order, one only, it was like a one algorithm in which we could have one government, one religion, Mm. one science. And by the way, they're the ones that actually coined the term, the movement, progressivism. So the myth of progress, we're moving forward. And that was extremely influential. And those authors sowed the seeds for scientism and that there there is no other way of knowing. There is no other way of life. And so... But except like Bertrand Russell Russell says that... He also says that science is the only way to know anything, but at the same time he says you can't know anything through science because you can't even justify the scientific worldview scientifically, and he acknowledges that. <laughs> so it's kind of it's funny how these people will make these claims, but it just ends up being nonsensical. Like doublethink? Yeah. Like Orwellian doublethink? Well, that's, that's, that's hate right. speech to even talk about Orwell now. You can't, you can't say 1984 anymore on Twitter. Oh, jeez, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz there. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> no, the media really, they're oh, like, let's... You've you done a good one there, the, boys. There was an article, and it was, let's stop comparing everything to 1984. We have to stop this. So it was like CNBC, maybe, or New York Times. Like, stop talking about 1984. It's not relevant. They're probably <laughs> just going to fact check you. There's Man. no such thing as that book. That book like, doesn't exist. A, it's a myth. That's fake news. Conspiracy theory. So what happened is when I was reading through this, I started to realize and thinking about kind of what was going on in the current science, um, particularly with uh, nutrition science, uh, climate change, and COVID science. Yeah. That what he was describing in here that actually happens in both the Marxist, the various Marxist socialist regimes, um, you know, Hitler's Germany and stuff like that, they were doing all the same thing. And he, he explains this within the kind of ph- the Gnostic philosophy movement. And mm-hmm. what he says is that what makes something modern Gnosticism? What's well, the idea for anything to be philosophy or science? Scientia is the Latin word for knowledge. The Greek word would be episteme. Is that you must see that there's an intelligible world of being out there. This is what we're, we want to inquire. When we want to know something, we already presuppose and assume there's something to be known. There's an intelligible world of being out there. But that can only be possible if it's grounded in the transcendent ground of that intelligible world of being as we know as God, 
or wisdom. And so what the modern man does is he commits a Nietzschean deicide. He severs that link. And as Nietzsche says, that's too great of a deed. We can't, you know, what's up and down now? What's left or right? What, what can we say? Like, there is nothing. There is no meaning. There is no objectivity. That's too great of a deed for us. What festivals atonement must we do? And he says, well, we must ourselves become God just to be worthy of such an act. And so what you do is then you create what he calls the Gnostic speculative system. It's a mm. system building in which you've already severed the transcendent ground of the intelligible world of being from the order of being. And then what you do is you create a system in which you conceal, just like Adam and Eve did, your sin and what you did. Mm. And in that system, you build a sort of operating system in which that program cannot be ran. What program? Questioning the necessary grounds and foundations that would justify your system. It's like you're describing all, like a psychotic breakdown of all culture. It's like this is it's all, this sounds like the schizophrenic break where like, you know, the, the man, the character just you know, creates the alter personality almost. It's like yeah. the West has created this this alter personality for itself. And it's, it, Vogelin identifies that it's a spiritual disease too. Mm -hmm. Not only would I say it's, yeah, it's a type of mental illness, um, but man in his pretended autonomy then constructs his own Tower of Babel, an attempt to become God. And again, within those projects, he builds an operating system in which certain questions can't be asked. And this is why he talks about, it moves out of the, it can no longer be science because there's no grounding mm -hmm. of what makes knowledge possible, but also other questions can't be asked. So now you kind of get into the area of like pseudoscience, where what's the distinction between science and pseudoscience? Well, in, Pseudoscience, they conceal whether it's Marxism or Freudianism or very uh, other, other varieties of pseudoscience. They build an operating system within their system that you have to think through such that it's not that it's suppressed as much as it is conceptually and practically impossible to address certain questions. Why? Because the operating system that you built doesn't allow for it. You just, it's not even possible. So for example, if you ask, well, why is it, you know, how do we know this? Pseudoscience, it's non-falsifiable, which is never good science. They always have another explanation. Oh, it's because you love your mother and you hate your father, or it's because of the Hegelian dialectic, blah, blah, blah. There's always another. And as I was reading through this, I'm like, gosh dang it, isn't that, isn't that exactly what we're seeing as the response? Good science should be critical of itself, mm. both of its foundations and what would actually make it science and knowing and trustworthy and also on an individual kind of uh, basis of looking at the data now when you ask questions about is the data accurate how can i trust that um what you get is you know if you ask questions well wait a minute why is it that influenza is zero and all of a sudden these numbers are huge well, that's because uh, we weren't, well, the reason why influenza uh, is down to zero is because people were wearing the mask and quarantine. 
So wait a minute. Why are the why do, why are you inflating the numbers on the KUFID deaths? Well, because people weren't wearing the masks, right? Do you yeah, see you exactly. have end up getting this kind of non-falsifiable theory? So th what happens to the psyche when it holds these? You know, when it tries to hold on to these contradictory beliefs and believe them both at the same time, it's it creates this tension. This you know, this you're, you're buying into lies, and like what what does that do to the psyche of a person? Not only the person, but families, communities. And the culture, which is now being influenced monolithically through big tech, through mass media, it seems like what we're, it's not like the schizophrenic breakdown of societies by accident. It almost seems like there are uh, entities, I mean, we'd say satanic influences that are causing a, uh, you know, like intentionally causing this psychotic breakdown. Yeah, so that's really important. That's something that I argue that. Um, and you know, within kind of both uh, the way you, Jay, and I do our apologetics, we deny the myth of neutrality. Let's just look at the evidence and just look at the numbers mm. and see, um, as you were debating with, uh, what was her name earlier today on your stream? Veganica. That, well, we all just know, we all believe in justice. Well, that's the myth of pretended neutrality. Mm. So words... Data evidence doesn't exist in a vacuum. It exists within a given assumed paradigm. And that paradigm, that philosophy, that ideology will contaminate the data and the evidence. Yeah. So what we need to do is look at the paradigms. How is the current science operating in what socio-political um, ideology is it actually operating it? Because that will influence how the science is done. Is it corrupted? Is it trustworthy? So what happens when you find out, and this is what I argue, is that the new socio-political um, framework in which we're all operating in is technocracy, mm. where the state power and politician is replaced by the managerial, technical, um, elite expert. And if you look at their ideas, and I know that you've shared with your listeners, uh, Klaus Schwab's COVID-19, mm -hmm. the Great Reset, you can understand he's a technocrat. It's all the ideas of Comp's uh, positivism, scientism, all of that is like put on steroids. And they have particular ideas of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be nature, the polis, political structure, the cosmos, and man's place within them all. And when you analyze those, you realize, holy smokes, um, that is not the Christian ideals of what man, that's not a Christian ethos, it's not a Christian polis, just the opposite. Mm. So you must locate the science within that framework and then see exactly as you said, particularly because as Eric Vogelin says and um, Augusto uh, Del Noche, that in the technocratic totalitarianism, their goal, because now there is no God, nature is all mechanized, everything can be exploited. It's a pure will to power, mm -hmm. libido dominandi. Which is why the technocracy... Which, there like, is no restraint. There, yeah. is no, no, there is no living essences in nature. Or no reason. There's no reason no for objective anything. objective God to help 
you and your restraint on how you exploit. And so it just becomes pure dominion, control, and power, both of man, nature, the science, and political power. Mm. That is a very dangerous um, and yeah. corrupting uh, principle and ideology. It's almost like it's inevitable when you have the breakdown of things like reason, uh, you know, objective truth. It's like it just – that's what you, you get results of. Uh, that's what it results in is just this like essentially satanic raw power through animal dominance um, and the technocracy is that embodied. Right, it's like it's yes. that raw animal dominance, deceptive, um, ruled by, ruled by illusion, the illusion of temporal power, and then um, it, it makes sense that that would come to power after that schizoid breakdown of reason and logic, God, the belief in God, the belief in truth. There's a great quote from. Uh, Dr. Sarah from Bruce Foltz, um, and he talks about that. This is really why it's important that, again, you study the history of ideas. You realize that when these philosophies emerge, um, it's not just some philosopher's personal opinion, but it has an effect, you know. Mm. Ideas have consequences and bad ideas have bad consequences. And when you remove these kinds of obstacles, it would be a sort of kind of orientation about your both moral life, who you are, what the cosmos, the state should be. Yep. That if you remove those, you can have serious problems. So Dr. Sarah from Bruce Foltz of Eckhart University says, no depth of meaning and no breeze of transcendence would emanate from this godforsaken world which presents itself only as a possible object of science. Conveniently, such a world offers no inner resistance to manipulation and control, presents no grain against which we ought not to cut. In Heidegger's words, it is a world that has become an inventory, a resource, in German, Bastan, for technological control and consumption. Remote from God and lacking an inner logos that commands our respect, as a principle of meaning and order, it is entirely at our disposal to refashion as we please. For like the dark and hostile world of the early Gnostics, it's been fashioned to blind and random and indifferent forces, entitling and indeed obliging us to refashion it, to recreate it, and to become its new creators. And I know that you and Jay had talked about this. Um, you even mentioned with like the Seventh-day Adventists. Mm. One common theme, is this kind of Tower of Babel theme. Once we've commit, killed God, we will rebuild Eden. Yeah. We will rebuild utopia here on earth. We will end all poverty. We will end death. We will become gods. Mm. That is literally out of the mouth of Satan. Remember, the day you eat, went right, if you eat this, you will become like God. You'll surely, you will that not die. Me. You will become gods, right? And, and what is the promise of science? So you get the jabs, you put this in your body, let us inject you with aborted mm -hmm. fetal, tissue, uh, fetal tissue, and you're not going to die, and you're going to become like gods. It's to build the kingdom of heaven, not on God's terms. So it's literally, anything that's the inverse of the words of God is literally, and Christ is anti-Christ. It's Luciferian, it's satanic. So we pray... Um, your will be on, done on earth as it is in heaven. The atheistic secular man, the technocrat, 
The Gnostic speculative uh, totalitarian says, let my will be done on earth and to make it into heaven. That I don't need you, God. I will build the utopia here. I will gain transcendence. Mm -hmm. I will gain paradise and build it here, remove death, poverty, and reach immortality. Have you, your help. have you seen the Blade Runner reboot 2049? Yes, good. And, and Jared Leto says, we're, we're, we will storm heaven. You know, we will create a new council of nine angels or something like that. It's just, uh, and, and his character is just, is that technocrat. His character is, you know, Klaus Schwab meets Timothy Leary. Um, it, it, yeah. It's this, you know, this like tripped out techno utopian who thinks that by the modification of his own mind and everything around him, he's going to storm heaven, as he quotes in that film. And even his physical manifestation, he's totally modified. He's got chips that he puts into his neck. I'm going to have to revisit that movie, actually. Yeah, I want to watch it again. It actually was really well that. done. It was the cinematography you know what I call was it? good. It's the Promethean Rebellion. Mm. Prometheus, um, as you find in uh, the poet Hesiod. Mm -hmm. The trickster. Yeah. The original Gnostic, right, creating speculative, right, concealing and tricking uh, rebels against the gods in an attempt to become God. Robert Anton Wilson wrote that book, right, Prometheus Rising, was that him? Prometheus Rising, I remember reading that book a long time ago. Prometheus is essentially Lucifer, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? A name. <laughs> uh-huh. Man, that was... So anyways, that's, that's what I've been working on. Um, and you might be like, Father Deacon, what do we do then? Um, I don't want to be, you know, somebody like, oh, okay, you provided the critique. You know, what's the solution? Hmm. Um, was, the solution is, I think, first of all, to recognize, to be aware of what's actually going on. This isn't good science. Um, one thing I always like to ask people if they say the science is settled, we could trust the science. How do you know you're not involved in scientism? How do you not know that you're not involved in these paradigms? Because as Eric Vogelin asks, again, if the system's built such that you can't ask the questions, and he brings up the Nazi SS officer in the Nuremberg trials, and he's asked, why didn't you refuse orders? And he said that was impossible. Now, we always thought, oh, because he just didn't have the courage to do that. Eric Vogelin says, no, the system's built so that that wasn't even a reality to question. Huh. That wasn't a bit. That's not even in the mind of, of the, any individual within that kind of modern Gnostic, uh, Gnostic system. And think about they were always using, doing these things in the name of science. Now, I'm not saying that there weren't at times actual legitimate science um, things that couldn't actually be produced, you know, they built rockets or maybe some discoveries or something like that. But I'm talking about the system as a whole. Is it science? No, it was scientism. And how would you know if you're an individual, the, the science is settled. So you, let's say you're either in one of the Marxist regimes and they're, they're talking about science. Um, this is science. It's settled. You can't question it. Um, or in, you're in uh, Hitler's Germany. How would you as an individual, either person or a scientist, know when the science was being corrupted? Hmm. What special insight, what special methodology 
What special paradigm would you appeal to that would make you different and special than everybody else in that society? And now once you found that, I want you to do some introspection and come to where we are right now and say, how would I know? That's such an important question. How would I know? How could I tell that I'm being fooled, that things are being concealed, that something's pseudoscience? And I think that would be actually quite helpful. And when we begin to ask these questions, it should draw us back to the paradigm level and the foundations and whether the, these ideas of what man is, what science is, what these projects are, what the polis is, whether that's compatible with Orthodox Christianity. And what we'll see, and you could just take, you know, especially in medicine and bioethics, that there is no common ground. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say um, the idea of a pluralistic society is a disaster. Mm. We can all just find this common ground um, and have this beautiful America or wherever, you know, this. It's impossible because at the core, we have contradicting fundamental principles and ideas in which somebody is going to have to compromise. So there is no common ground. For example, the late Tristan Engelhart, and I'd also recommend one of the world's uh, leading bioethicists here, who wrote, this is After God. He also has um, the book before the, the Foundations of Christian Bioethics. He makes the same argument. There is no common ground. He's specifically looking at bioethical situations. Well, why isn't there common ground with the secular society? Why can't we, a Christian, you know, be part of this? Why can't we do medicine and science together? Mm -hmm. Well, he says, because their goal is to have a secular professional ethics trump other moral obligations, including your obligations to God. How's it presented? Well, selfless secular professionalism and social justice. Those are invoked as objective moral norms that require healthcare professionals to violate their private obligations to God. So what do we actually see going on right now? We see an absolutization of science over the faith. Why? Shut down the church. We got to do this. We got to listen to the experts. By the way, even when science has done well, and it's good science, it's literally the lowest form of reason. Mm. And for us Orthodox Christians, the highest knowledge is divine revelation of the faith. And so when you get in these situations, you have conflicting worldviews. Mm. They're saying, no, don't be selfish. Social justice, we gotta save the, you've yeah. gotta shut down the churches. You've gotta, gotta save the stuff. old people by change. locking them in a plastic bubble and isolating them from everybody. And it, which is actually scientifically what they're doing to the elderly is killing them. Because if you look at the literature, the number one indicator on early death is loneliness, is isolation for the elderly. Yes. Right, so we're actually doing more harm. And I've always said that, look, extraordinary measures require extraordinary evidence. Mm -hmm. And evidence even, isn't even near being sufficient. So what we're doing by shutting down the economy and creating, you know, 8 million Americans now slipped into poverty, a huge portion of that are now homeless and soon to be homeless. The impact negatively on mental health, as you said, 
And as you pointed out, health in general for the, for example, the most vulnerable, the elderly, not to mention the rise of addiction problem. And we haven't even seen, this is just the beginning, right? The wave um, is going to crash and it's gonna be years that we start to actually see the devastation, but the rise in drug abuse, alcoholism, pornography, and as clergy, we're keenly aware of the most dangerous, the spiritual decay of people. And all of this for what? 1% mortality rate of people who... So again, those measures, if you're going to do that, you need extraordinary evidence because the collateral damage will far outweigh and has actually far outweighed. Yeah. But how do you actually make a decision like that? based on a paradigm and worldview and the worldview and paradigm that the decisions are being made from the secular state to the secular atheistic Gnostic technocrats is anti-human and anti-Christian. Exactly, and, and the decisions are being made by people who are openly genocidal towards humans, right? People who say that we need yeah, to decrease right. the human population and decrease people who, and Bill Gates all the while, like all these farmers are going out of business, uh, they're going bankrupt, they can't get their product to the market. They're going out of business. They're being forced to sell their land. Now Bill Gates becomes the number one owner of farmland in the United States. Did you see that? 242,000 acres of farmland bought up by Bill Gates. So those are the people who are influencing the decisions. It's not actual science. This is wicked economic warfare and psychological spiritual warfare being enacted in order to not just destroy the church, but then to also... Re, uh, to also acquire mass amounts of wealth in a huge, actually the biggest transfer of wealth that the world has ever seen that tr completely trumps, uh, I guess kind of pun intended, that completely trumps the Bolshevik revolution. The Bolsheviks would have wet their pants with glee. Yeah. You know, they, they would have peed themselves in, in, in glee like a doggy that wagged, ah, like my master's here. They would have loved to get done what's been done right now in the name of protecting people's science and progress. And it's, it's, um, no, it's, it's so backwards. Are you, is this, is, are you reading from the outline of the course that you're about to teach? This sounds like it's going to be an awesome course, man. So these are just my thoughts. I'm almost done with my paper. I'm just writing my, I'm going to present at a conference in February, uh -huh. um, to some of the country's leading bioethicists, by the way. Um, and leading uh, Orthodox scholars, uh, there will be a metropolitan uh, bishop um, there as well. And so these actually are the experts. Um, I want to get their feedback. I want to get them to start thinking about and hear what they actually have to say about that. But what in the course, and see how it all kind of coalesced, praise God. Like, I mean, it's really amazing that this was kind of the impetus uh, But what's going on in the world right now. Uh, my course, and then having to write a paper, it all just kind of came together. But I'm going to lead people basically from the foundations, from Machiavelli, mm -hmm. Hobbes, Rousseau, um, even the Reformation political thought, into modernity, into the positivists, into the radical um, thought of Marx and others at all you do HG as well as too. messianic nationalism oh. and then that's going to be the first part of the course and then what i've designed is once we've gotten to the 19th and 20th century particularly the 20th century we've covered all that so we see where we're, we've gone then i'm going to bring in the technocrats i have them reading uh, bertrand russell arthur kessler yep. uh, brzezinski 
Uh, I would like if I could fit it in to get a little section from uh, Klaus Schwab. Well, how about H.G. Wells? So, H.G. Wells, I could, it's really hard to, I've been going through the sure. syllabus scene. Okay, can I remove this? Yeah. I'll put this in. I feel like H.G. Wells might be more important. Well, I think long term, I would say H.G. Wells is a more important thinker than Brzezinski because he connects in with Darwinism. Uh, and you know, just the the lineage. And there. I need small snippets. That's the problem. Is because how about Birkenhead? I've only got sixteen weeks. Yeah. And two days out of the week, and I'm going to um, give them approximately twenty five to thirty pages for each class to read. What about the Lord Birkenhead article? Have you checked that one out from the Cosmopolitan in nineteen twenty nine? I'll send you a PDF of it. That's a good and by one. the way, I, send me that, and then what I could do, the things, I could provide secondary readings for them. Yeah. So the, oftentimes, us professors will do, these are the primary readings, you have to do these, but then I'm just going to upload um, free documents and PDFs of secondary readings, because it's also going to be a writing-intensive course. Yeah. So I want them to have the kind of uh, literature available so they can actually do good research and writing. Right, right. But, if I set it up, I don't have to preach. I don't have to tell them what to think. As a professor, I teach you how to think, not what to think. Now that might be a, a rare commodity these days in the university, but that's something I actually believe. So if you read the original authors, if you read this stuff, I think that you can connect the dots and you can see exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's gonna be awesome. And, and, and I, I can't wait to see well, if you record lectures, I would love to see those, Father Deacon. I think that would be really great if you could. Well, that might be a great idea. Well, you could just do premium content for your channel as well, maybe, where you, mm -hmm. you have some, uh, some of these lectures, because I think this is going to be fantastic. And I might try to uh, hound you for some of your outlines, your course outlines, just for helping to organize some of my own thoughts on a lot of these things, because I have so many books, and I've got various outlines in different notebooks that I've written over the years, but I don't have them organized and there's no, I mean, I've never written a book on this or anything. I just go up and I do a lot of presentations on YouTube. So this will probably help me a lot with organizing my yes. conversation structure for future conversations, which is always shifting. But the, Bir the Birkenhead article is great because it's a few pages and it, it distills so much. Um, but I, this has been a, a fan, this is one of, one of my favorite streams that's ever happened. It started out as a train wreck. And, uh, and, and it's been better. So I, I think uh, maybe hopefully the people who in the beginning were saying, Tristan, you're terrible. Uh, maybe, hopefully uh, you, you enjoyed the later half of the stream, which was, uh, I think, top quality content is okay in the chat says. So um, I'm going to read a few super chats and I'm going to make sure you guys check out Father Deacon on Anias, Father Deacon Dr. On Anias's channel, The Norwegian Noose. There's a link in the description. There's a link to Jay's channel as well. And check out the Orthodox Discord. There's another link in here as well I'll, I'll put the link higher up in the chat for everybody so that that is right below jay's channel and norwegian news's channel so father deacon thank you so much for coming on and talking thank you. Thank it's, you been, for having me. it's been a long time coming and we have so many mm -hmm. we have so many snippets of conversations throughout the week uh in, in different ways and this has been this has been great i'm glad i'm glad you called in we'll have to do some more of them too and yeah. um go through some videos where we just you know point out uh, logical errors um, and problems in thinking, kind of help people. Yeah. We could watch them. TED Talks, right? <laughs> watch TED Talks and critique some of these yeah. TED Talks would be great because there's so much there. Um, 
So there's the Orthodox Discord link. I just changed that. And uh, yeah, so I'll, go, I'll, I'll let you go, Father Deacon, and I'll read a few super chats and then finish this thank off. Thank you for having me. Yeah, God thank you bless you guys. Have a wonderful um, Saturday, the rest of Saturday. And uh, for those of you attending liturgy, a blessed liturgy. And uh, keep me in your prayers. Keep the world and everybody in your prayers. And um, Christ, who's baptized in the Jordan, may sanctify and cleanse and heal all of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. I could not, I could not have asked for a better cast of characters on this stream. So thank you very much. What a blessing to have Father Deacon Ananias on here. Now I wouldn't have met our spiritual father if it weren't for for the hand of God working through him. So I uh, I cannot thank him enough for for everything he's done in our life. Even though. You know, to him, he maybe sometimes thinks that, oh, just, you know, he, here's, here's this, get in touch with this person. But for us, that ended up changing everything for us. So thank you very much. We got some, uh, some super chats here. Mal, this was like two hours ago that he sent this super chat. He donated five bucks and said, would a keto carnivore diet be good for someone with acid reflux and GERD problems? Uh, that's been something that I've seen people make tremendous progress with and gains in their health. Uh, with digestive issues, acid reflux, GERD problems, sometimes are due to gut microbiota imbalances. Sometimes people are getting acid reflux because they have low stomach acid production, right? So ramping up the animal foods and the meat can sometimes in the beginning make it difficult to digest, in which case it can be useful to use digestive enzymes temporarily like ox bile salts and uh, betaine HCL to help you to break down those proteins, but your body should be able to produce sufficient amount of stomach acid in order to break down those proteins and fats, and uh, sometimes it has to do with gut dysbiosis as well. So yes, I've seen many people completely remit GERD and acid reflux using a carnivorous diet. If you want more help on that, the best way to get our help, to get our support, is to become a member at PrimalEdgeHealth.com. Uh, slash membership. There's a link in the description and I will here, let me first of all take off that link. Become a member is in the description now. You can become a member at our website. That's the best way to get in touch with us. We help you dial in your diet. We do weekly coaching calls in there and it's a lot of fun. And there's a bunch of really cool people that are there to support you and, uh, and we even got some of these. Some of the folks that you've seen today are, uh, are members of there. So shout out to Jerry. Uh, who is a member as well. He called in earlier. We got Pano Kostros, donated five bucks, says, kick some delusional ass, guys. Also, Tristan, I'm a fan of the snake diet when Cole isn't losing his mind on red pills. Uh-oh, Cole, Cole, has Cole been snorting the red pills? And he says, and I saw your interview with him. Have you had the chance to introduce Jay to him? I feel like Cole becoming Orthodox would be insane. Hey, Cole, Cole's great. I like Cole. He's great to talk to. He's entertaining as heck. I haven't seen what he's done for the last year. So I might have to, uh, to get Cole back on here. Probably, Cole is not YouTube friendly these days. Cole is he's, he's not YouTube friendly. I've, I love conversations with him, but YouTube, YouTube might kick us off if, we, if, we, uh, if me and him get together again. But that'd be great. We can have Cole, myself, and Jay, and just have you know, like a fun, loose format conversation. Maybe, just, maybe take Collins as well from other people. But yeah, Cole's a force of nature when he comes on a stream. Thank you very much, Pano Costros. Uh, Robert, and I probably butchered your name. My apologies for that. Robert donated $5. Says, thanks for the chance to talk, man. Appreciate the amount of sense you've brought to us in this predominantly uh, nonsensical time. Thank you very much for the encouragement 
And thank you very much for the support. Remember guys, these streams don't happen without your support. Uh, we get zero, in fact, we get the opposite of support from YouTube. This channel gets hidden and they regularly remove our long-term subscribers. People have told me they've had to subscribe like five times, right? It's insane. So I uh, really appreciate the support we get from you guys. Make sure you're subscribed, hit the like button, hit the thumbs up, and share these videos because YouTube will not share it. And I can't share it on Twitter because I'm kicked off of Twitter for the week. I'll be back on Twitter in five days, they tell me. Uh, but we do share these links as well via our Instagram uh, page. And if you want to be notified before the streams, there's a link down below. Where is it? I, think there's, I thought there was a link for our newsletter. I don't see it. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to get notified, uh, check out our Instagram. There's a link in the description. Become a member. There's a link in the description. That's the best way to get notified of these streams. And if you enjoy these streams, please don't take them for granted. Please consider supporting them via the Streamlabs link. Best way to support is via Streamlabs. YouTube super chats take YouTube takes a big cut. So, and I, I despise YouTube as a corporation, as an entity, uh, as a company. They're terrible. And please, y'all, support the dang stream. One more chance to ask any questions or make any comments. Here's the link. If you enjoyed the stream, thank you for the support. Thank you for enjoying the stream and for sharing it, for liking it. All those things supposedly help, but. Uh, yeah, you guys, make sure to support work uh, like Jay Dyer's work, Father Deacon Dr. Ananias' work. Uh, become a member at Jay's website as well. And you know, pray for us. Pray for Vagana, Veganica, and, uh, and uh, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. It's been a good day. It's been a long stream. It's been like total six hours or seven hours of streaming for the last two days. And uh, I've been standing up kind of the whole time, so... I got to move around. I got to loosen my body up and get some food in me. It's been nice hanging out with all you bigots and nerds in the chat. And uh, thank you guys. Have a great day. Great night. And we'll see you next time. Duncan has what you need to conquer the day. So if you want to go from, I don't got this, to, I got this. Well, then get this. A bold, smooth espresso drink from Dunkin'. Like a layered velvety caramel macchiato, a rich chocolatey mocha latte, or a creamy non-dairy oat milk latte. Because this day isn't going to conquer itself. No, you're going to do that. Take a sip of You Got This with Dunkin' Espresso Drinks. Order ahead on the app plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary.